Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. Sid and friends in the morning. Oh, no, I get by with a little help from my friends. Let's kick off the by lighting up, boy, from my friends. The star of the show, boy, boy. I spoke to a radio broadcaster famous here in New York, WABC, Sid Rosenberg. Boy, this boy. is Sid and friends in the morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Seventy-seven WABC. Good morning. Good morning. Dominic Carter here on the morning show with Anthony Weiner. Good morning to you. You know, they could have gone ebony and ivory. (laughs) (laughs) Reunited. Oh, Curtis Lee tells me don't sing. He tells me don't sing. Yeah, Curtis. Yeah, because well, Curtis says that because he likes that uh, electronica music. This Ah, is music you can sing to. This is true. Now, you know why Diego's playing this. So you and I, first of all, it's great to be here in the situation. I'm a little bit nervous. You're you nervous? Get, well, listen, you 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 are now an anchoring radio voice here on 77 Talk Radio. I am I'm a weekend guy. I'm Triple A. I'm this is like me getting a call up. <laughs> this is like me getting a call up to pinch hit in the bigs. You know, yeah, I'm a little I'm a little bit nervous and especially being here on the big show. I mean, this is yes. this is our flagship here. Yes. Because Sid, Sid has the day off. Because apparently at least one middle-aged Jewish guy has to be in this chair in the morning <laughs> from Brooklyn. Hey, but using your logic, Anthony Weiner, uh, the manager, uh, I guess John Katsimatidis points to the left-hand side. Give, are you lefty or righty? I am. I am. I'm, I'm a right-hander coming out of the bullpen, but I am perhaps a little bit more to the left than some people ah, on this station, okay. so, perhaps. So, Mr. Katsimatidis touches his <laughs> left arm. Send in Anthony Weiner from the from the bullpen. Right, but for you and me. I don't know if the listeners know this, and probably, you know, a lot of our listeners go back in New York politics a ways. You and I got to know each other first, not here at the station, but in the early 2000s. Indeed. When I was in uh, a young, I guess I was a congressman already. I'm trying to remember. And you were the host of Inside City Hall on New York One. I think you were still a city councilman, I believe. I think that's probably right. So I got elected. we We knew that you were going places. Well, in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. I mean, the city council is not exactly a land of giants, so uh, so standing out there wasn't hard. But you see, I don't think you quite realize the you, that getting called to be on Inside City Hall was the local equivalent of getting called to be on Meet the Press or something. If you were in Washington, no doubt about it was it, it was a no big deal. And you were the you were the host, and you were. A right down the middle guy, but it, these were tough interviews. Like you were, you knew you had to prepare for them. And you and I first got to get to know each other then, so it's really nice to be back here with you. It's great to be here with you as well. Uh, but you know, it was obvious that you were going to go on to a uh, a bigger career, the platform, uh, from when we knew you. You know, it's interesting, Anthony, because uh, back then we could go name by name and and figure out who the real players were. And, for example... Believe it or not, we knew de Blasio was going to be a player. I'm not a big fan of de Blasio at all. 
We knew that Eric Adams was going to be a player. We knew that you were going to be a player. We could go down the Well, line. what did the three of us have in common? I mean, we cut our teeth kind of – the Blazers was a little bit later. Eric Adams and I cut our teeth almost exactly at the same time. And Eric first became a figure on with, with 100 black men in law enforcement. And he, he had a really good taste for what you guys in the media needed on a controversial police issue. Um, it was Pat Lynch. Well, actually, it was Car- – Caruso at it the was time. the end of Caruso. Right. And, you know, I, I have to be honest with you. I don't know what your relationship is with uh, with Pat Lynch, but I'm a bit sad because, uh, you know, many of the people that I covered, yourself included, I got to know on a personal level. And Pat Lynch, the former president of the PBA, is one of them. And he wasn't joking when he said he was going to step down. He's gone. There's, yeah. there's a new president. There. Even though he stuck around for there was PBA has always had an enormous amount of stability. And you know, people, you know, sometimes on this station, so we, you're so lefty. When I ran for office, I always had the endorsement of the police unions. I always had the, the, the support of PBA, always had actually all the uniform um, because I was a little bit, frankly, I probably wouldn't survive in today's politics because I was pretty tough law enforcement. Right? But you and I got to know each other at that time. And those figures that you mentioned, me, de Blasio to some degree, Eric Adams, we frankly knew what kind of stuff you all in the media needed. And how it would help us. And Chuck Schumer always talks about the inside-outside game. If you want to be able to make laws on the inside, you have to be able to put some pressure from the outside by getting public attention to what you did. And um, and but like like I said, and, and the the way you became, frankly, maybe even an international influence that might be overstating a little bit, is you created the debate format of having the lightning round. Do you remember this? I think it was it was the, it was the race that I was in in 2005. That might have been the first time you came up with it, or, or was it back in 2001? All I know is that uh, we were in a meeting with the lightning round, and the management was like, we're sick of these boring politicians that never say anything. They talk forever. They go on and on and on. And that's when we collectively came up with the idea. And they said to me, but Dominic, you cannot back down. It's a live right. forum you know, you've got to give it to these politicians and you've got to hold it to hold it to them, hold their feet to the fire. And it took off. You know, it's interesting, Anthony Weiner. You never know what's going to take off. And so now, you know, here I am, 59 years old, and I look back at the debates and I watch these. Uh, I don't I maybe I shouldn't say cub reporters, but I watch them trying to do it. And the politicians run all over them yeah. because they refuse to answer it. And I'm like, no, no, you have so to make here, them answer So here was it. my experience. It actually turned out to be great. Remember, in 2005, I'm running for mayor. I'm running against a guy named Gifford Miller as the Speaker of the City Council. I'm running against Fernando Ferrer, who had run four years earlier and came very close, and Virginia Fields, see Virginia Fields, Borough President of Manhattan. And I was the least known of the four candidates. I wasn't any – I only represented a congressional district. They represented much bigger district. But you were the most spunkiest. Okay. So you do this lightning round, which none of us were ready for. I'm pretty sure this is the first time none of us were back at our campaign headquarters preparing for the lightning round. You basically said uh, the question is either yes, no, or one word. And I remember that Gifford Miller, you asked Gifford Miller about his uh, whether you would send your kids to public or private school. That's one thing I have always regretted. It was a tough. It was a tough. My career. It was a tough question. And Gifford refused to answer it. And no, what he did was he started. He yelled out his wife's name. He said, "I think her name is Pam." He said, "Pam, Pam." Now here's the key to what you're explaining. 
it was a live studio audience. Right. So if you didn't play along as the uh, <clears throat> as the public official, you were booed. Correct. Almost like uh, live at the Apollo. Right. It, it was actually and and he justifiably, I think, on the substance, but not understanding the vibe. Yet. You know, none of us knew this vibe yet. Now, I quickly realized, all right, whatever you say, if it's, you know, I think one of them was Yankees or Mets, and I said definitely Mets, whatever. Even if you got booed by half the room, they respected the idea you were answering the question. So Gifford steps on that question and gets roughed up, you know, pretty bad. Me, I had no kids, so it's easy for me to say at public school all the way. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and today Jordan's in a fancy private school, so let's put, let's just put that out there. But so you're doing those, and then what my real moment came – when you said yes or no, would you be willing to get arrested at a protest? And everyone would say there, yeses or no, mostly yeses. And then he came to me and said, no way, the, the police commissioner works for me. I'd fire him if he arrested me or something like that. I said something flip like that, like just long enough for it to be not get booed for not answering the question, but making a joke. And people responded to that and laughed and everything. But it showed that I was relaxed and I was in the moment and I was enjoying it. But ever since then, if you don't have a yes-no round or a lightning round, people are surprised. And I think – maybe I'm giving you too much credit. I think you invented that format. I, I think that I did as well. To be, for a while, I tried to deny it within myself because, you right. know, you, don't, you just don't think that, that you've had that much of an impact. But, but the lightning round is something I, – I forget the particulars of how – at New York One and how we came up with it. But it was something that um, – yeah, with Gifford Miller, uh, and this is a true story. His mom, great lady, mm-hmm. right, great lady. And the hard part for me covering politics was never you guys. It was the family members. My thing was, you guys want to be in office, right. you're going to take the rough, tough questions, no matter whether you like it or not. It was the impact on the wives that you could see that they didn't take well to it. It was the impact on the mothers, right? The lightning yeah. rounds and all the tough questions. And I'll never forget, I, I won't go too much into the private conversation, but after the Gifford Miller uh, moment, because it really was the beginning of the end of his campaign for mayor, and none of us knew it at the time. The New York Times wrote a big story the next day, and it was all downhill from there. Yeah. And when he was considered to be one of the leading candidates. He had and, the most money. He was the, uh, you know, he, he was, he, he he was considered to be the bright young white guy in the race, not me. Yes, yes, yes. And and his mother was so upset with me, so upset. She came back to my dressing room, and she was really, I'll just leave yeah. it at that. She was really, really, I didn't know the education of their children was an issue well, in, in, their, in their marriage. But I think you, you touched on something earlier. What those questions were really about were not so much the substance of the answers. Right. It's it was trying, right, and trying to gauge a politician's ability to kind of deal with a little bit of stress right. under the bright lights. That's exactly what it was about. And, and that I think, but it was fraught because those types of questions, you know, I, oh, here's one. And this is apropos of our jobs now. You asked, who is a better mayor, Bloomberg or Giuliani? Remember, right. we were running to, in the primary to run against Bloomberg after his first term. And everyone said, Bloomberg, and I'm on there saying, wait a minute, I'm running against this guy. I'm not going to say anything nice about him. So I said Giuliani. And at the time in a Democratic primary, that was not a popular thing to say. Remember, Bloomberg was moderately – he was 
were we were all we were all in a primary to try to figure out who was going to get rolled by the next two hundred fifty million dollars, whatever Bloomberg said. <laughs> so so I, I but I really do give you credit for that because I think it showed that you not only understood the job of a journalist, but you understood the the medium we were in. We were at I think it was a jazz it's, it's, Jazz at Lincoln Center, I yes, think it, it was. was. Yes, it was. But the whole point, the whole point, and you, you're right, Anthony Weiner, the purpose of the lightning round, and you see it today, all these years later in debates, um, the purpose wasn't necessarily your answer. The purpose was we're going to take your platform away from you, the platform of talking forever, right. saying nothing for a public official. We're going to, one, take that away from you. We're going to control the narrative, and you've got to answer in a split second, which points to your personality. You have got to answer yes or no, or 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 Yankees or Mets, <laughs> Yankees or, or, or Mets, yeah. or or have you ever had a manicure? And I, I took a hit uh, in, in some of the papers. Uh, they they felt that some of the questions, you know, were not a, like we. Had, one of the questions were, uh, have you ever tried cocaine? That was one of the questions. And I, I didn't just randomly come up with these questions. We would sit down for hours yeah. and, and, and come up with these questions as a, as a team. Yeah, but the, the, and the audience was in this mode of, are they following the rules? Because they had the same sense about politicians that you guys did. Now, I view part of it being, and this is a longer conversation, is the journalist should not see their job is to, is to stop politicians from talking. Politicians want to ramble on. It's up to the voters to decide what they want to hear. But I'm going to tell you a story I don't think I've ever told on the air before. One of the reasons why I was so good in that debate is that the 24 hours before, I was in the hospital because I had a kidney stone. And because of the campaign finance board, you could not get matching funds unless you participate in the debate. We had to figure out a way to get me on that stage. And I was, let's just say, a little bit chemically enhanced. <laughs> When, when I, so now I'm not, I'm not saying I was high as a kite, but I was, I had enough of whatever they put in my system to be, and and if you've had a kidney stone, and if any of our listeners have, I'm told it's very painful, very painful, very painful. Now I was on the backside of that at that point, but I still had some stuff in my system that made me, Hey, I'm just, and also low expectations when you're not expected to, you know, when you're playing, when you're basically playing with house money, which I kind of was, I was at 4% in the polls. Now I went on to make the runoff. I came in a close second and made the runoff. But at that point, I was pretty relaxed. Now, Gifford Miller, a bunch of money, a lot of expectations. He was, he was tightly coiled. Freddie Ferrer had a certain arrogance to him because he thought, oh, hey, why do I even have to debate these punks? And, um, so it, it was it, it was a, uh, that that was the way you and I first got to know each other in that environment. So it, it's great to be, as uh, as Diego put up, um, reunited here on 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 Sit and Friends. Yes, yes, reunited, and this is the morning show. Yes, I like that. I like that. This is the morning show. Sid Rosenberg had the day off. Dominic Carter in for Sid today, as well as Anthony Weiner in for Sid Rosenberg. Uh, Sid and friends, Sid is off today and tomorrow. In this chair tomorrow will be Anthony Weiner and the owner-operator of WABC, John Katsimatidis. Good morning. Good morning, folks, at 17 minutes past the hour. So I've got a question for you, Anthony Weiner. I'm, I'm glad we're back together. Yeah, great, great. <laughs> I, so, Diego, you got to get Emily and Ivory up here at some point. So, so what type of mu- before I get to my real question, what type of music do you listen to? So, 
You know, I do a show on the weekends at 2 o'clock on Saturday called The Middle, and music is a big part of it. I guess what I, I got, you know, the, the, the music that Sid has on, because he and I, well, it's probably me and Lou Rufino, because we come from kind of the same, we're contemporaries, I'm your age, I'm, I'm 58 going on 59, a lot of 80s um, pop, a lot of 80s new wave, a lot of stuff like that, but a lot of, you know, like reggae, um, dance hall reggae, like a lot of that. My my brother, we used to go to the reggae lounge down below Canal Street when I was when I was coming up. We'd be the only white kids in there. Um, <laughs> I mean, there, there's that kind. Of, I and I want to taste the. I you know, I love the villain, the the the, the Vinnie Menuno stuff that that they play. I'm just at the cusp. I was born in 1964. Vinny's great. He's great. So like, I started. I, I kind of marked my first year of kind of under knowledge of music, listening to, to, to 7, 770 WNEWFM, PLJ when it was still doing rock music back right, in the day. Right. Um, so it's that kind of stuff. But I, I like to have thematic music on, on the middle when, when, when I do it. Um, I like British pop, uh, pop kind of stuff. But um, um, I, I like music. Look, I grew up, I don't know about you, I grew up. Listening to the different iterations of 770 when I was a kid. Mm. Um, where, where do you stand on Beyonce? I, I think she's extraordinarily talented. I'm not a huge Beyonce guy. Uh, okay. Be- now, I, I love Rihanna. I mean, I thought, I mean, Rihanna's a what, superhero. What's the difference between Rihanna and Just a Beyonce? little bit more of the of the one-two um, studio on reggae sensibility in, uh, in, in, in Rihanna's the stuff. The Caribbean touch. Yeah. I mean, it's just uh, who knew? Who knew Anthony Weiner liked the reggae? Caribbean? I am. I well, it, I, they used to make fun of me when I would do the Caribbean Day Parade. I got a little bit. Do not, do not go on YouTube and look up Anthony Weiner at the Caribbean Day Parade. It was a little bit embarrassing. Uh, okay, well, we we won't do it. <laughs> what we will do though is take a break. Anthony Weiner, Dominic Carter here with you. Good morning on this uh, Tuesday morning. And we are going to take a break. When we come back, Sid and friends will continue. And let's go out with the music. Reunited because we feel so good. Right? Right, Anthony? That's right. right? Back. Dominic and Wiener back together again. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. <laughs> you asked for it. You know, it's Ebony and Ivory, but you're the guy dressed like a banker, and I'm the guy dressed like a schlub here. <laughs> Anthony Weiner, Dominic Carter, in for Sid Rosenberg. Good morning, Sid and friends. 24 minutes past the hour of 6. Good morning on this Monday, July 3rd. Wait, let, let's hear it a little bit here. You hear that, right, Anthony? Yep. So this is this is Paul and 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 who is um is it? Oh, Stevie Wonder, right? Yeah, Stevie, Stevie Wonder. Wonder. Yeah. Stevie Wonder. Oh, Paul is eighty-one years old now. Wow, look man! At that. Oh, man! Look at that! By the way, just for all of our listeners who are used to the 
who, who thought, okay, finally we have a sit-in friends without Curtis Lee. Well, oh, no. He's coming in at 7.05. I can't get that guy. I see that guy in my sleep. You know, he and I do a show called Left versus Right. Oh, that's right. That's right. Where we actually, you know, the whole thing is, you know, left versus right. But he and I actually agree on a lot. Of, he's another guy who he and I have been around circling each other in New York City politics forever. He's coming in at 7.05. We had a pollster, John McLaughlin, coming in at 8.30 to talk about the national scene. And, and I got Donald Trump, man. That guy, that guy. Every, every time someone thinks they're knocking him down, he comes. That rally that they held in South Carolina. Now I never heard of that little town, but there is no way there is that many people in that town. They must have been Pickens. coming. They from, from Pickens, South Carolina, which I could not find on a map. But that crowd, man. One thing that Trump does, man, he draws he draws bodies, and it was it was boiling hot. It was like 104 degrees outside. South Carolina weather. Yeah, and uh, he he drew a big crowd. I think we have a little sound from that, don't we, Diego? That's a big crowd of people. Well, hello, Pickens, and hello to South Carolina. It's great to be with you. We've had great success together. I don't know if you know it, but those crowds are going all the way back into whatever the hell street you have back there. <laughs> whatever that street is, they've passed it. And so what we're hearing, Anthony, is why I say you can never sleep on Trump. I don't care what the system throws at him. He's going to win the nomination, and he's a heartbeat away. He's got a, a good shot at returning to the A 100%. Look, he, he is, just to give you an idea, an idea. He's in South Carolina, an early state there, right? South Carolina has two presidential candidates of their own, Nikki Haley, a former governor, and Tim Scott, a present senator. The two of them together are polling at 18% in that state, and Trump is, is polling at 48% in that state. And this is his – I mean, even – I don't know if you saw this. Even the hometown senator, the other senator, senior senator, Lindsey Graham, shows up at that crowd. And to think that this is just a generic Republican crowd, listen to the response that Lindsey Graham got. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome United States Senator Lindsey Graham. And that... It continued like that throughout his entire remarks. He was it, getting booed. It sounds like someone took a needle and popped his balloon. I got to tell you. And, and I, you know, listen, I'm a Democrat. I, I didn't know there was this. To those of us on the left, Lindsey Graham seems like he's been in the bag for Trump ever since that, that, that debate in 2015. But apparently he hasn't been loyal enough. It just goes to show you that Trump is his own center of gravity in the party. And I agree with you 100 percent. Here – the the however whatever problems he may have he is going to be the Democrat, the Republican nominee whatever problems Joe Biden has and whatever mental issues he has he is going to be the Democratic nominee you think so hundred percent so we are going to be in this situation where we get probably the two candidates that are least popular in the country are going to be the candidates but Trump I got to tell you he 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 is. All of these investigations, I think, are making him more popular. John McLaughlin, who's a pollster, is going to come and talk about that at, at 830. 
Um, but that rally was another sign of of just that. And it is not as if that is a generic Republican rally. You saw the response. You heard the response that Absolutely. Lindsey Graham got. Absolutely. Uh, also, last week was a big week for the uh, Supreme Court, Anthony Weiner. Dominic Carter, Anthony Weiner, and for Sid Rosenberg on this July 3rd. 2023 Monday. Good morning to you folks. It is 6.30 a.m. 6.30 a.m. Good morning to you folks. And uh, the traffic is light here in Midtown. I guess for a lot of people, Tuesday's the perfect day for the holiday to fall on because they probably get off on Monday. But yes. there are a lot of people for whom this is a regular work day. And so for those people, we hope that uh, they got used to having sit in friends bring them to work. Now they get Anthony Weiner and, and Dominic Carter. <laughs> So, you know, for people who don't listen to my show on the weekends, they're like, how did Anthony Weiner get this microphone? And uh, for the last year and a half or so, been doing the show on the weekends. I fill in here and there. You know, I got to give John and Mario Katsimatidis credit. They have always said that although we are undeniably a right-leaning station, they don't like one-hand clapping. They don't mind having a little bit of friction. They don't mind having um, uh, uh, people from um, from different perspectives. And I'm really grateful for the opportunity I grew up listening to radio. I love talk radio. And I w- would tell you, know, you know, people say, well, why are you on that station? Why don't you go on like MSNBC or something like that? Those, I find those, I find that boring, to be honest with you. I don't want to be the 19th member of the chorus. I'd much rather. I, I'm not a big fan of MSNBC at all. Well, listen, and Fox has the same problem. The problem is, the, you know, we get into these silos. And there are people who are probably waking up this morning who don't, or aren't used to hearing me on the radio. They're like, oh, my God, Anthony Weiner. But I have to tell you, I call my show the middle because I believe that in the Venn diagram of the left and the right, there's stuff in the middle, common sense stuff, and maybe the Supreme Court is part of that. Maybe that's what they're looking for. There, there is part in the middle that I think a lot of us agree, and particularly when it comes to city governance and city politics, you know, that, that I think people can agree upon or at least can agree that they, can, they want to hear what's going on on the other side. They want to hear what the arguments are on the other side. And that, that is a very legitimate point. We are going to take a break. Sid Rosenberg and friends. Sid and friends. Anthony Weiner, Dominic Carter filling in. When we come back, Anthony Weiner, now 31 minutes past the hour of 6 a.m. When we come back, I've got something I want to talk to you about. And it's you're the perfect person because I have never, ever, ever been on a city bike. And a little birdie tells me that you ride a city bike almost every day, including this morning to work. Is you that bet. accurate? You bet. You bet. So at 430 this morning, you were on a city bike? Yeah, you act like it's such a well, – you're such a hayseed. Of course, of course I'm on a city bike. How am I getting – am I going to take a, a $15 cab ride? Well, we will talk about that and more. The Morning Show, Sit and Friends, Dominic Carter, Anthony Weiner. We will be right back. Sit and Friends in the Morning, 77 WABC. Good morning at 36 minutes past the hour of 6 a.m. Dominic Carter, Anthony Weiner here on the morning show. We are in for Sid Rosenberg. Sid has the day off, Anthony, and I hope that he's relaxing. Well, he's, you know, he, he lives down there in the Irish Riviera, my old district in Rockaway. I'm, I'm glad. Is, is, he, is he back in his house now? I, I would hope so by now. I hope I would hope so as well. This is a good, such a beautiful, I, I mean, I know this sounds like I'm just sucking up, but. There are no more beautiful beaches in the world than the Rockaways. 
I mean, those beaches yeah, are I've, just I've gorgeous. I've never had that experience. You got it. You got it. I mean, you know, people people slept four hours out. You know, my brother lives in East Hampton. The Hamptons are nice and everything. It's the same ocean. The beautiful beaches there. Um, and in places like Neponset, Rockaway Beach, Bell Harbor, you know, the you know, since there's no parking there, you can't park right there. For the most part, the beaches are 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 pretty calm, um, beautiful beaches, and uh, so hopefully he's he's out there. And unfortunately, out. we we had a, a teenager drown uh, just just yesterday, and the mother happened to be on the beach. So yeah. So now, if you when you get further east down, like the beach forties, the beach there, they have these old fashioned jetties that were built that were very kind of haphazard. They're just stone jetties. And what actually winds up happening with those jetties, which were put there to preserve the beach, is it creates even more of a swirl of a current. There are some really bad rip currents, particularly east side. Um, and as you know, time immemorial, you and I go back in this city, there's always been a shortage of lifeguards. Um, so f- so finding lifeguards and uh, being protected so people have to watch those flags on the beach, man. Don't- and so the rip current, it, it literally sucks you in further and then you become exhausted and you can't no, swim? No, so what happens is, what happens is, and, I, and I'm, not, I'm not an expert in this, but what happens is the tide comes in naturally. But what happens is a channel gets created that the water goes back out in between two wave breaks. And so it creates like a funnel. And then if you get caught in one of them, the temptation is to fight it, to try to because you're and you can't caught. win if you fight. Right. It. And so what you you what everyone says to do in that circumstance is just go just relax. Let it pull you out because it's just going to pull you out, you know, X number. And what happens is or if you're able to try to go um, uh, in this case sideways. Be, yeah. To try to kind of swoop. But it's very difficult to do when you when you get pulled by one of those. But as with so many things, when you're in a moment of stress, when you panic. That's the problem because you're not going to stop the ocean from doing it. Um, but by and large, the lifeguards know when there are rip, car- rip currents going on. But what happens is down in, in the eastern part of the Rockaways where the high rises are and everything else, people go out after hours. And that's also where the best surfing is. Um, so you have a lot of surfboarders out there. And so a lot of swimmers think, all right, if it's safe, I'm going to go out. And frequently it's not. So uh, I want you to explain something to me. I have never been on a city bike in my life before when Bloomberg started the program, uh, I was like, Oh great. What, what another waste. But I said, okay, let's wait and see. Then when he started carving up the city with all the bike lanes and so on, I I don't support that. I I feel that primarily the streets should be for traffic for keeping traffic uh, moving. But tell me about the, the city bike program. Now I understand that you came in this morning. Are you out of your mind on, well, on a city bike right, at, so at four thirty in the morning? First of all, let me make this case, and you tell me if you think I'm wrong about okay, this. Okay, go ahead. I think the city bike program has been the most important mass transit program in the city in like seventy years. Think about it. We're not we're not building any more. We're not putting any more bus lines in, with the exception of extending the seven line to Hudson Yards. We haven't really. We're not putting in new subway lines in. So getting people around the city in a way that we're basically we're sharing these bikes. Now I was. I got in trouble. I said as a joke when I was running against Mayor uh, Mayor Bloomberg, when I was asked what's the first thing you can do when you become mayor, I said I'm going to tear out Mike Bloomberg's bloody, I think I'm going to use his curse word, bike lanes. And I said it as a joke just because when, when a lot of these bike lanes were putting in, there was no consultation. They just were basically taking one-lane streets and making them into bike lanes. But the city bike program, if you think about getting cross town in Manhattan or getting – you know, I, I used to run a, a factory at the Navy Yard – if you have to get over one of the bridges, 
you're either, I mean, sometimes the best possible option is getting in a bike and the way it works. And, and, and we see these bike, these, these bike racks everywhere now is you basically, you get either a, a, you rent them by the, by the ride. But what most people do is you get a, an annual membership of 150 bucks or so. And then whenever you need it, you pick it up and put it. And these bike racks are everywhere. So for me, I, I live in the East Village. I come from 14th Street to, to, to here in, in the studio in Midtown. It's a 10-minute bike ride, particularly in the morning. I got to tell you, I, I would, would always you know, marvel at how, how Murano and Sid, how these guys have to start their day at sort of a neutral schedule. Your schedule is kind of crazy too. But in, these, in the morning, especially on a day like today, which is virtually a holiday, the streets are empty. Biking through the city is a breeze. But but the first thing I noticed when I left Rockland this morning, so so when I I left, I'm sure it was the same for you. It was pitch black. I'm I'm trying to make sure I don't bump into any bear. If I'm lucky, <laughs> if I'm lucky, I may see a I may see a deer that may scare the hell out of me. But the humidity when you came out this morning and you were on a bike, you're not worried about with the crime with with some guy not, well, let's take knocking them you off the bike well, and that, robbing you. Well, look look at me. I'm you know I no one's going to mess with me. Obviously, being a 150 pound Jewish guy, but but let, let's take the. You are right about the first thing. You really do. There's a lot of weather circumstances that make biking difficult. Obviously, the rain makes it hard to do. And there is a sweet spot. You know, the main reason why more people don't bike to work is they get to work and they're sweating like a dog. Right. That is a I, – I admit that's a problem. Now, this morning wasn't so bad, and I don't go that far. It's only a couple of miles. But um, you're right. That is the biggest shortcoming. And the second one is the helmet. Now, I, I hope my son Jordan isn't listening. I don't wear a helmet usually. I know <gasps> I should. I know I should. No, no, I, I, I'm not kidding. I know I should. The only problem is – it's the same thing. You got to schlep the helmet everywhere you go. You got to schlep the helmet everywhere you go, and everyone sees these guys walking with the helmets. So like, come on, pal. You know. And also, I have enough trouble with my hair. Not a challenge that you have. I noticed, Dominic. <laughs> so, so, but that 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 is that is a limitation on taking bikes everywhere. But from an environmental perspective, if I were to take a cab, it would have cost me twenty bucks. And instead, and oh, one other thing. They've started to have pedal assist bikes, not the full out e-bikes, but basically it helps you like you can really zip on those. So okay. I, it's a great way to get around. But now here's the other question being New York City. When you get to the rack, to the rack, right? And so it's 430 this morning. You're going to get a bike. You're, you're coming here. Do all the bikes work or or do you have to take forever to find a bike that's working? You see, you, you see you're, you're actually a very good microeconomics student. So. The problem is not so much the bikes working. They usually do. All, every bike, there's a, a light on the rack that says if it's broken or not. And, 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 and if you have a bike that's not working, when you lock it in, you're supposed to press the button to say no one else should take it. The real problem is if you're in Midtown, at a certain point, the racks fill up in Midtown because the bikes all move to where people are working. And then in the evening, when you come out, if you get out too late, the racks are all empty because people have taken all the bikes. This is a problem that they've had in city bike forever because there's a natural migration of where the bikes are. So what have they done? They've taken – now, unfortunately, they have to move the bikes around a little bit. So sometimes – and if you put them in a truck, well, then you whatever environmental benefit you're having, you're just driving them around in trucks. That doesn't work. So they created a thing that guys can do it as a, as a job. They have a bike that then attaches to a rack that holds three or four bikes to move them around. It's a little bit of a problem, but – now the racks are, are, are so common. They're around everywhere. Hundreds of thousands of trips have been taken, 
And I think it's I think it's a great thing. And look, there is a tension. People think, okay, streets are for cars. Mm, I don't know. I think we've got to share them. I think there's a, they, I think pedestrians have to be protected. I think we have too many too many of these e-bike guys just blowing through intersections. I, That's I a problem. I agree with that. I agree with that. But and, and the same thing, you know, you I mean, you have a, a, a guy in a in a four by four, you know, a Humvee with one person in it. And I'm a guy biking the same amount. I mean, who's who, you know who who has more of a right to the road? I think I'm being a, a better New Yorker by taking that bike and not putting that car on the road. But all that being said, I think there's enough room for all of us to be able to share the space. So you're. It sounds like you're giving Bloomberg credit for something that you deem appropriate for the city. Listen, there's no doubt, and we're not the only city that has this. You know, you you go to other cities; they have it. Our our system is is very good. Um, it's not perfect, but it's very good. Yeah, this was this was a great innovation, and I think that the more we get people out of their cars and using mass transit, and this is a form of mass transit. I mean, look, I think, and you and I disagree. You know, you made this point. You know, you're afraid of being a victim of crime. You and I have both been around. We were joking this morning before we got on the show about a generation now. I hate to say it. Can you believe it? I think the city, for all you know, look, no one ever comes up to you or calls into a radio station. I can't believe how great the city is. And by the way, if people want to call in eight hundred eight four eight WABC. 800-848-9222. We're going to take some calls. I know people want to get some things off their chest. But don't – I know, and sometimes you're pretty tough on the mayor. I think the city – and he has his problems. But I'm pretty tough on all mayors. I, I think, you, I think you're, you're, you're generally – you're like a typical New Yorker. You know, no one – and I always say this. No one ever stops a cop on the street and says, hey, I want to thank you. I didn't get mugged today. I do. Well, I don't say I didn't get no, mugged, I know, no, but, but, but saying, I do say thank you. I'm saying – and and we here – we we talk about things that people are concerned about. If they're getting mugged, they're concerned about it. I think the city – I grew up in New York City at a time I literally thought as a kid that the subways came off the assembly line already with graffiti on them. Okay? <laughs> that's that's the New York City I grew up in. And now when well, you see graffiti, well, it's Well, a if you think you grew up in that New York, imagine the New York that I grew up in. That's, that's probably right. I get it. But but there's in so many ways our city is much because better Because it's off. funny that you say that because in the Bronx, I, I thought growing up that abandoned buildings were just part of everyday fabric of the city. And now I'll give you an example. When I was in the city council in the early 1990s, Every, a couple of times a week, they would have auctions of abandoned city properties that was seized by the city called in-ram housing, okay? Mm-hmm. Nowadays, if there's a unit anywhere in the five boroughs, that the city, it, it would be snapped up in five seconds. It doesn't even exist anymore. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bronx is burning from 1977. You don't hear that anymore. Now, I know it's not a popular position to have, but that's Republican mayors, that's Democratic mayors. We are a much better – they used to say this was the ungovernable city. They don't say that anymore. Now we get upset. Mm, I don't know. Now we get upset when the mayors don't do a good job governing. So wait, it. So wait a minute, Anthony Weiner, and we see all the calls that coming that are coming in, folks. We're going to get to a couple of them before news headlines. Before Curtis Lewa joins us at seven o five a.m., he's prancing back and forth, all excited, ready to come in. But Anthony Weiner, you're you're not going to tell me that crime is not a serious problem. You're not going to tell me that. No, I, I think crime is the foundational problem in the city. It, it always will be, but crime is much much lower. For example, I'll give you a say, crime today is one quarter of what it was when Rudy Giuliani left office. 
That's how low it's gotten. I, I don't agree with that. I don't. There, agree there, I'm that. not saying you, you 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 can look at the the statistics are. You know when when you take a look now. I think are, Giuliani cleaned the city up. Giuliani gave a more enormous amount of credit for that, and I give him credit for that. But since then, it's gone down even more and more and more. We are a safe. We are the safest big city. For example, I I, I, I they say that all the time. We're the safest big city. But but I I don't believe it. Well, the, well that's, look, that's that's look at the severity of the crimes that no, are being committed. No, it's it's not the severity of the crime. It's the fact that every day, if it bleeds, it leads. I understand the narrative that we are in, but the numbers don't lie. The one statistic you cannot fake in crime is murders. You can't fake it because you have a body. Yeah, you can fake murders. You can fake. How do you murders. fake a murder, Dom? It, it, it's one of the first things I was taught covering the city. How do you fake when, a murder? When, so when a mayor when a mayor says we've had seven hundred murders this year, you can easily fake it. You have the medical examiner. It's classified in investigation. It carries over to the next year. That's how they keep some of the numbers down. Wait a minute. Wait, whether, whether it carries or not, I mean, I, I don't. It may, go, it may go over to the next year. Yeah, but, but you have if if they have a body on the street on on February 9th, you know. That's a, that's a murder. Okay, let's take a break. Anthony Weiner, Dominic Carter, in for Sid Rosenberg. We will be right back. And good morning, folks. Anthony Weiner, Dominic Carter with you. We are now going to take some of your telephone calls. Coming up, coming up on Sid and Friends in the morning at 7.05, Curtis Lewa. He's all excited and ready to go. But what we're going to do right now is take some of your telephone calls Let's let's go to uh, Tony. Tony in Brooklyn. Good morning, Tony. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Hey, Dominic. Um, I'm going to tell you, as a business owner and as a New Yorker, crime is down because the police aren't taking down reports when crime happens. I own a retail business in Brooklyn. I'm the victim of robbery and theft almost on a daily basis. Half the time the police come, no reports are taken, nothing is done. So when Anthony Weiner says that crime is down, we're the safest big city in America, that's total garbage. Well, Tony, I appreciate it. I'm sorry that you're you're being a victim of crime that much. There is a problem with um, reports not getting taken. And I have that same problem in my neighborhood because I keep stopping the neighborhood beat cop to complain about the illegal pot shops that are all over the place in my neighborhood. That's why the statistic you want to look at to make sure you're really getting the right picture is the murder rate. That's why there are these seven index crimes that the FBI keeps. The one that you cannot fake. I, don't, I mean, Dominic says, oh, you can, uh, you can move a body from one you month can. to the next. You can. But I don't know how you, how you do it. That's the one that people say. That's when you want to look at the trend of crime. And murders are in the hundreds when they used to be in the thousands. I'm not saying that crime is not a problem. The first thing Dominic asked was the right question. Do I think it's a serious problem? It is the foundational problem of every city. Because as Rudy Giuliani used to point out, if you don't solve that problem, it doesn't matter what great schools you have. It doesn't matter what what nice Broadway shows you have if you don't feel safe. But I think that things – I remember the 70s. I remember the 80s. I remember that we – you know, I remember when this city was really on fire. It is – we're having a problem now, and it's a post-COVID problem from – it's all over the country, frankly. It's all over the country. And our crime rates have gone up um, much less than other big cities – Partially because we have the best police department in the city, 
Well, I, I, I give the NYPD a lot of credit, but I don't give our elected officials a lot of credit. I think that they do a lot of pandering, Anthony. But you know I've felt that way a very long time. We have a lot of calls. Let's go to Russell. Russell in White Plains. Good morning, Dominic Carter, Anthony Weiner, in for Sid Rosenberg. Good morning, Russell. What's on your mind? Hi, Dominic and Anthony. I'd like to bring up the doorman slashing on the east side. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Okay. Um, You know, the impression that mentally ill people are everywhere is pushing a narrative that is not correct. I have to agree with Anthony. What evidence do you have that the guy was mentally ill? It's kind of like the weather. They talk about storms and the uh, haze and the fires because they want to generate interest in the weather, just like they want to generate interest in so crime. So, Russell, reports. wait, wait, Russell. Okay. So, so witnesses describe the guy, and the, this guy, the, the, man, the doorman that was cut had to have numerous stitches when he tried to step up and help a disabled person. Witnesses to the scene described a man as mentally ill, as unhinged. And you're going to tell me that's not the case? Slashing someone from the ear to the chin is a mentally ill thing to do. But at 2 in the morning, a man in a wheelchair going to an ATM, being followed back, it was drugs or sex. That's why the tenant wouldn't be interviewed. The doorman was interceding in a personal thing going on. But that's not mentally ill. That's not a correct story. It's important to give it Okay, but Russell, wait, wait, Russell, how would you know? How would you know? Well, how would you know that it's a mentally ill person? Because because as a journalist, I'm going based on what the witnesses have said. That's all that we can credibly go on, Russell. You know, but Dominic, there is a point that that, that Russell's getting at, and Russell, thanks for calling. I mean, there is this point that by and large, murders and assaults don't happen between people that don't know each other. It's usually people that do know each other, and it's usually people that are involved in some kind of nefarious thing otherwise. Very yeah, rarely. but I think and of Michelle Go that was pushed no, no, no. on the train. I understand, but you can take it. We, we have a city of 8 million people, a, a metropolitan area of 20 million people. I'm not saying there aren't things that happen. I'm just saying that there's a way that you can have an echo chamber to make people believe that getting on the subway, we have hundreds of thousands of trips every day that are taken that people are not pushed on the train. Now, that doesn't mean that, that a bad thing happening is not something that we should be concerned about. But we, I'm not sure what kind of a thing, we, what kind of conclusion we can draw about it. If someone is arguing over drugs and shooting each other, that's why, by and large, when the NYPD cracks down on gangs, it's because that's where most of the murders are happening. It's two people beefing with each other. Well, Anthony, I hear you. I don't buy it. I think crime is out of control. Sounds like you've been talking to your buddy, the mayor. But Anthony Weiner, Dominic Carter here with you in for Sid Rosenberg on this Monday, July 3rd, 2023. The digital dollar could give the feds control of your money. Get the digital dollar report. Call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from Priority Gold to protect your money. Or just go to digitaldollarreport.com. Please note, the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice. Spectacular! This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. Oh, no, I get by with a little help from my friends. Let's kick off even by lighting up. Oi! From my friends. The star of the show. Oi! Oi! Radio broadcaster, famous here in New York, WABC, Sid Rosenberg. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. 77 WABC. 7.05, five minutes past the hour of seven. Good morning, Dominic Carter, Anthony
in for Sid Rosenberg on this July 3rd, 2023. Good morning to you, Mr. Weiner. Good morning, Dominic Carter. You know, the one good thing about these these holiday weeks is that people like me get to come in from the triple A's from the minor leagues, do a little <laughs> fill in with you serious guys. And um, it's an opportunity maybe for the rest of us to get a little time on the microphone because during the regular season, it's all Curtis. ABC always broadcasting Curtis. Well, I wish Mr. Sliwa was here to defend himself. I mean, some of us would like it to be anyone but Curtis. ABC, anyone but Curtis. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I, I can't. That guy is like a specter. He's like a, a specter in a Shakespearean play. Well, that, I wish he was here to defend himself. Look who's here. Yeah. Look Just who's great. here. Oh, Just oh, Anthony, Anthony, Dominic. And not only that. Uh, it was me and Vinny Madugno last night doing the disco hour before I came on to do my normal shift in preparation for the mayor's only public appearance in the last three days. He's going to be on Hot 97 tonight with Funkmaster Flex at 7 p.m. So, Dominic and Anthony, I'm going to send you both hours. And I want you to compare who are the better DJs, whether it's Vinny Madugno or Princess Staten Island or Funkmaster Flex. And who are the better MCs, Curtis Sliwa or Eric Adams? Okay. You, you guys are stunned. Now, this is going to be like one of those rap battles yeah, like in, 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 in Eight Mile. You know, that's what it's going to be like. That, but it's really more like the cultural thing, rap to the black community, disco to the white ethnic community. And so you will see a battle of a lifetime when it comes to musical selection. Put your money on Vinnie Madugno and Curtis Lee. We rocked the house last night from it, 8 it was to good. 9. Oh, it was good. We had disco classics, and we were, like, conflating music. It was so good. But Got to go I, on the podcast. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not messing with you. I'm not, even though you were very kind to me this weekend with your show, I'm not messing with you because you're not a fan of Beyonce. No, no. And, I, and I love Beyonce. Why do you call the woman Thunder Thighs? Well, look, her and Lady Gaga. I remember seeing that uh, video of uh, on the telephone, right? Man, was that psychosexual and was that love, female love. Come on, I saw that video. But, you know, you, um, in all of your years in radio, have you done a straight music program before? Yes. Yes, I've done a straight music. I've done sports. I've been fired three times doing sports <laughs> at WABC, ESPN. Saturday mornings, I used to come on after Warner Wolf. He would do 6 to 10, and then I was 10 to 12 during baseball. And you didn't know. you set up John Sterling? No, John Sterling would ramble on and not oh. get off the air after the game to let you have oh. your bed, right? I did the post, 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 post <laughs> Yankee game show. And I would say in the breaks to John Sterling, would you get off the microphone? <laughs> The Yankees lost. Nobody wants to hear this. What What do you think? Yankee fans are masochists? And he would go on and on. And I think the influence of smoking Maui Waui and Hindu Kush got to him. <laughs> oh, you didn't know that, did you? No, no, I didn't. Oh, so, the, so, man, the man loved his weed. So what? what's on your plate this morning? What's what, on what? my plate? Yes. Oh, that's right, 10 to 12. Well, I got to talk about your favorite person, um, the swagger man with no plan, the mayor of the illegal aliens, because... This city, Anthony, I know you like to look at the stats, but let me just mention one thing, shoplifting. We've never had this before. Good point. Shoplifting. Good point, Everybody sees that. They go into it. Even Outslim Shady Sharpton, your friend, Dominic, was on in the morning with Cool Feet Joe, remember? And he said, 
Eric, you know, I go to the Dwayne Reed, I can't even get uh, any toothpaste. It's behind like four locked caverns. The other day, Anthony, in Astoria, where I spent a lot of time trying to uh, fend off AOC and Tiffany Caban, you know, who always wanted to defund the police, a guy walks in with a blowtorch 2.30 in the afternoon because everything is locked out, and he just takes that blowtorch out. Security guards are told not to do anything. Cashiers are filming it. Customers are filming it. He gets what he wants. He fills up two bags. He walks right out. Never got arrested. You know what they do? They on the 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 target near me. The guy shoplifted target, and then they sell it on Fourteenth Street, like twenty feet down. Yeah. The, it's like that's the I same exact stuff. Remember, yours was the famous scene in Anthony's neighborhood, right at the start of the Lower East Side, the big LES. Remember where the guy walked out with all kinds of steaks and chops and filet mignons? Yes. That was selling that it right was there. That was at my Trader Joe's. That's yeah. right. I remember that. That was classic. And nothing was done. So wait, I got a question for you, Curtis Sliwa. Anthony Weiner told me this morning yes. that he's a city bike guy. I've never known you to be a city bike guy. I, th- I think a subway my, guy. I, okay, he's a subway guy. But I think my, my days of riding bikes are over, right? So... I would be concerned if I were Anthony Weiner that one of these homeboys uh, walking up the street is just going to smack him off the bike and rob him. No, actually, it's the flip side. How many times do you see crimes? Because we get to see video all the time. If we don't see video live at five, we're disappointed when they describe a crime. How many of these homies are on city bikes? And they're shooting at one another, or they're robbing. What was that? Didn't didn't you get a bike thrown at you or something like that? Yes. Uh, Remember, in the summer of George Floyd, the summer of 2020, where you'd have a demonstration would start out, and then all of a sudden it might turn into a riot, looting, shooting, uh, for two days. Remember, June 1st, 2020, and June 2nd, the mayor ordered the police to stand back. And you saw right away Macy's and Herald Square had all the plywood. I mean, Home Depot had no more plywood. Everybody was putting up plywood. They knew the mob was coming, and the mayor did nothing. See, now this is this is the thing. Now, you need the jaws of life to get a compliment for the present mayor out of this guy. But I'm going to say, Curtis, you've been around on the subways forever. The subways are much safer than they were, say, 20 years ago. Don't you oh, agree? Yeah, yeah. You no. and Arthur Idala, no. you're like two no. cheeks no. on a tuchus. <laughs> no. Are you out of your mind? Do, do you really believe that, Anthony? 20 years ago? Oh, is it safer on, no. than it is than it is now? Anthony, there are no cops. <laughs> the overtime is over. June 20th, the overtime was over. We call it the uh, Kathy Crime Wave. Only thing, thing you're wrong about, Curtis, we, yes. we, we do have more cops. The mentally ill and the homeless people, they enforce the laws. Yes, now. that is true. That, <laughs> so, you know, with one another. <laughs> right. So. But remember, the big difference is that you can see everybody has to go into a retail shop. And you can see people coming in and they say, especially in Manhattan, look, cashiers, I'm not here to loot and shoot. Just give me my Alvin Bragg swag bags. I'm just going to take whatever I can carry and I'm not going to hurt anybody. And they go in and out and people look at this and they say, Man, I've never seen anything like this. And it's driving businesses out of business. Uh, Mr. Weiner, I, I can't hear you. Look, I live not far from the Target on 14th Street and Avenue A, and they have a fixed post out there now. They li- literally have a Hopefully cop. with a dog, a canine unit. No, they, they just, I, I imagine it's gotten better, but I, I have to tell you, I don't remember shoplifting being this much of a problem in the past. It is... It is a rib- the whole thing about, about mental health is a big problem. We emptied out these these mental institutions with no real plan to what to do otherwise. Curtis and his patrols probably see that more more than ever before. Uh, you know, don't misunderstand me. We have big 
we have big problems in the city. Crime is among them. But I'm just saying I have now I'm now finally one of the elder statesmen. I can say that I remember when crime, I, you know, I used to wear when I went to high school at Brooklyn Tech over there in Fort Greene, I would wear my watch on my belt loop. So whether or not, well, just when I was mugged, it would make it easier for the guys. We used to be a lot. The Bronx used to literally be burning. It's not anymore. Let me tell you something, Anthony. You and your Jufro at the time <laughs> were like milk money. Guys who just wait for coming. you. We're like milk money, man. It's like, hey, yo, come here, Anthony. You know, to, my, give me everything you got before I give you a beat down. My, my folks used to, instead of giving me the allowance, they used to give it straight to the muggers. Just exactly. to cut, to cut out the middleman. Exactly. Wow. Now, wow. meantime, Dominic came from a whole different circumstance. By the way, Dominic, you haven't addressed yet the affirmative action issue. You know, a lot of people are saying, yo, We're going to get to it. We're going to get to yeah, it. Yeah, Dominic, yo, Dominic, he's going to be opposed to affirmative action. Hell no. You've said without affirmative action, you might have been in jail. Well, I, 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 no doubt about it. Without, without affirmative action, I was going to be very good at something. And without affirmative action, I would be in jail, just like the rest of my buddies. No doubt about it. And you right? learned how to cow tip. You learned the white boy sport from upstate. No, I, I, I don't do that stuff. No, I, but you learned. I, I, that I, was I, a sport. Yeah, you, could, you couldn't help but notice. But I was afraid to do it because I'm like, the cow is going to notice the brother. The cow is going to attack the You get jacked brother, up, right. Right, and then the cow is going to hit me with three, 400 pounds, and I'm going to have to go to the hospital, and I'm the only one that's going to be arrested. Look, Nobody else is going to be arrested. I'm, I'm an example of legacy. I got into Brooklyn Prep, not because my father or mother, a guy named John I, Sexton, I, I, remember, who was Chancellor of NYU. Yes. You know, man. I, I don't oppose legacy admissions. My, my, my position on affirmative action is this, right? So I don't necessarily support affirmative action as it is traditionally defined. What I do support is how I was able to go to college, and it should be based on income. If it's based on income, you can you can still achieve, for the most part, the same goals. So I went to school on a program called the Educational Opportunity Program, right? There's no college in America that would look at a kid like me. I mean, I'm not delusional about this. But because I was out of the projects of New York City and such low income, this is a program that accepts white kids, black kids, Asian kids, Latino kids. It accepts everybody. But it's not necessarily race-based. Even though it achieves the same goal, I guess it's finessed around the affirmative action argument. Yeah, but you wouldn't be here if not for it. No doubt about it. And by the way, legacy admission, Curtis set back legacy admissions by a generation when he was a legacy. and They they, they they get rid of all these legacy admissions. They're regretting it ever since. You know, the moment they let Curtis in was the the worst day that school had. But guys, here's a point that I've made as far as the legacy, right? So I went to the Syracuse Newhouse School uh, graduate school, right? My daughter comes behind me. She goes to Newhouse undergraduate. Very hard to get into. You don't think that my grandkids should have a little bit of a leg up? Nope. Why not? Nope. Why not? No, 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 no. There's too much legacy. We spend all this time talking about affirmative action. Look at Bush 43. I I rest my case. Bush 43. (laughs) The guy couldn't chew gum and think at the same time. Weapons of mass destruction. Weapons of mass destruction. We're still paying for that. That's all I say. But Push 43. Look, I, I mean, look, my view is let these universities try to figure out what kind of admissions class they have to attract others. I mean, where are you conservative? And, Suddenly you want the courts to be able to say who you can and can't admit. Stay let me out mention of it. this. I want both of you to sign on to my program that was ignored during my mayoral election run. We desperately need cops. 
Look at Columbia University. You sold, you sold the property up there, Dominic. Yes. They eat up all the property. They take it off their tax rolls. They got a $10 billion endowment. You look at NYU down in Greenwich Village. Anthony, you're familiar with that. Wait, they buy memory, all the property. How do you still remember that I owned the residential building I in remember, Harlem? man. You were, the, you were the man in Harlem. They say, yo, man, it's Big Daddy, man. I didn't pay my rent. This Dominic guy, Carter's going to kick my butt. This guy doesn't forget anything. Well, it's also easy to look at you as a as a moneyed property guy when you come into work on a radio oh. station with French cuffs and and man, you, you're like you're <laughs> of the go. three of us of the three here, here of us, you're the only one contributing to the economy of the city. The truth be told, <laughs> you're, you're GQ'd out. But I remember you with your microphone for inner city broadcasting, uh, Sutton, Percy Sutton, yes. who wore yes. suits just like you and Eric Adams, yes. along with David Dinkins, along with Charlie Rango, along with Basil Patterson. And I will tell you, this man was out in the streets with his stick for WBLS, and they were saying, Dominic, please, give me a break, man. I can't pay my rent. Why you were doing interviews? Right. We need to tax these universities who pay no taxes, put a special safe city, safe streets tax that Peter Valone Sr. did with Dinkins. And Rudy has admitted, without 40,000 cops... He could never have done the job of reversing the trend of crime. You know, Anthony, we've got to take a break here. I want you to join Curtis Lewa, right? So the the Harlem Book Fair is coming up. I've told this story a million and one times. Curtis Lewa comes up, right? Only white guy in Harlem on this day at the book fair to support me. He starts messing with Farrakhan's guys, walking up to them in their face, chastising them, and they're like, Curtis, leave us alone. They walk away. So you, if I go to the book fair this year, you got to come with them. Will That's you, right. Will you I, come I will, to Harlem? I, I, I will be his 150-pound his, his Jewish security detail. <laughs> yeah, I say, Yusef Salam, what's up? How come you take Farrakhan's endorsement and shake him on? Salaj Wahaj, who tried to sue me for $6 million, and I beat him in court. Curtis Lira, folks, Dominic Carter, Anthony Weiner in for Sid Rosenberg. Good morning. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Twenty-three minutes past the hour of seven, seven twenty-three in the morning, July third, twenty twenty-three. Anthony Weiner, Dominic Carter here with you, and we are going to go right back to the telephones. Now, of course, we have the Supreme Court to discuss. We have the incident that occurred between Mayor Adams and the eighty-four-year-old woman. There is a lot to get to. But right now, we want to hear from you, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Let's go to Loretta in Brooklyn. Good morning, Loretta. You're talking to Anthony and Dominic. Good morning, Anthony and Dominic. Hey, Loretta. Hi. Um, happy 4th to everybody. Same to you. Um, I heard you guys talking about music before. Yes, you, you go, go, go ahead, Loretta. What you like about reggae? That, that, that was Anthony. That was Anthony telling us during the uh, 6 a.m. hour that, and I didn't know this about him, that via his brother and himself that they like reggae. And he says he's more a Rihanna man 
than a Beyonce uh, man. Right, Anthony? Oh, Did right. I summarize no. that correctly? What about you, Loretta? Um, I'm with Rihanna. You're on Team yes. Rihanna, yeah. She, she's from Barbados, and she's got some pipes. And uh, I didn't know I was going to be up all night, Dominic, um, but I called into um, Frank because I heard Deo. I was falling asleep, and I had to call in because <laughs> I, had, I heard Harry's voice, and I went crazy And because um, I cried a week when he died. And um, I didn't know Alan Arkin wrote Deo. I did. Wait a minute. Is, yes. that a, is that a fact? Yes, he said it. I didn't. I listened to Jamaican news, and last night, never mind um, Curtis and what uh, uh, Vinny was doing, because I was on Irish Storm, and I'm the white chick, the token white chick on the other on AM Reggae up the dial from you guys, and so I'm anti because I don't sound Jamaican, and. Um, on Irish Storm, on Miss Loretta, because I don't sound Jamaican. I'm a token white chick. I love it. And, <laughs> and I grew up with Elvis and Harry Belafonte. Of course, I'm going to cry when he died. Well, God, and, go ahead, Loretta. Go ahead before I move on well, to the next call. A, a man called in after I called in about a movie Harry made, a black and white movie called The World, The Flesh, and The Devil. And this guy said, you have to check it out because he watched it with his girlfriend. He showed it to her as a sci-fi picture. It may have been Harry's first movie, but I told my reggae guy, um, you have to check it out because um, he was born in Jamaica. And this is not a well-known movie. Okay. And um, uh, he said, um, it's a sci-fi movie, but it's about the world starting over with Harry Belafonte and I think it was Elizabeth Montgomery and another dude that was not exactly a nice guy. He was a white guy, but it turns out Harry and Elizabeth Montgomery had to repopulate the world because it was the A-bomb. Okay. There was nobody left in the world. All right. I got it, Loretta. I do have to move on. But thank you. Thank you for that, Loretta. And I'm, I'm glad that you came back home to uh wabc i'm actually trying to, i'm trying you. to find this Dominic. whether or not trying it, to find whether movie? alan no whether oh. alan arkin that is a that's a crazy pull by loretta if that is true well um, let's get back to the issue of crime tony clifton new jersey good morning tony and for sid rosenberg you have anthony weiner and dominic carter hey you guys good morning happy fourth independence day Good to hear you guys on the air this morning. Love you both. Love Thank you. you. Very kind of you. So here's my question, um, and you guys might have a better take on this. As I see it, there's really less people in New York City. I could be wrong. I don't go into New York City. In other words, we've lost a big chunk of the com commuters. So it seems to me that when they say the crime rate is lower, I, I say, well, gee, that could be, if it's even true, that could be because there's less people in the city and we're not counting illegal alien crime. What do you guys think about that? You know, Tony, you might be on to something, and thanks for calling. You might be on to something. So, yes, it, 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 there are fewer the, – the, the vacancy rates of buildings in the city is still not down to – we still don't have those people coming back. The subways, however – our ridership in the subways has now reached pre-COVID numbers. But 
it cuts both ways. On one hand, you might be seeing more homeless people and more mentally ill people because the streets are emptier. I know that's the way it seems to me that, like, there are more people sleeping under under sheds, for example. There are more people in front of abandoned, uh, not abandoned, but closed businesses. So that might have something to do with it. Um, look, just like labor statistics, just like inflation statistics, crime statistics, people say, well, I don't believe them. I think they're being fudged. All we have to go on is when people have these conversations and we want to figure out what's anecdotal and what's really happening is the statistics, and and they're up. There's no doubt about it that crime is up, but all I'm saying is compared historically to where we've been in the city, we're doing okay. I see. I, I, I strongly disagree, Anthony. Uh, you and I have been around the block a few times, and, you know, I recall the Times Square under Dinkins, right, towards the end when Dinkins cleaned it up, Rudy came in, completely redid it, in comes Disney, the Broadway shows. I I just feel that crime is is almost at its peak. You're telling me that historically, it's not what as bad as it used to be. I just don't see that crime. It is. You don't believe it's crime at its peak. I mean, we 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 had two thousand murders in this city. So when, you're when going you're going solely in. you're going solely based on the bodies, and that that's an no, easy no, but, way uh, no, no, to I'm explain every statistic. Every statistic. You 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 take this city that Rudy Giuliani okay. inherited. When, it when, was not even close when to when this. when were items locked up in stores. I don't remember shoplifting. I don't remember that being a thing, except during the crack epidemic. During the crack epidemic, you know, we used to put, we used to put signs in our cars saying "Radio already stolen." I mean, we don't have that kind of thing. I, mean, I, I was I one mean, of those guys. I but, bet you, I bet you, I bet you that there are a lot of uh, the younger people out here don't even know what the club is. Remember the club? Yes, the, the thing we used to put on, on the steering the wheel. wheel? Yes, Everyone yes. had one. Okay, yes. so there are ways that the things, portable radios. There, there, there are ways. There, there are ways that things are are a lot different. Uh, there are a lot different. And now it's time for the ABC clip of the day. Listen to John Katsimatidis with John Katsimatidis on the Cats Roundtable, where common sense prevails. Here, John talks with Doctor Sky. Steve Tate's going on this weekend. Well, happy 4th of July to you, John, and the listeners. And if people have an opportunity over the holiday weekend to look due south in the sky, maybe about 30 degrees high, there's a brilliant blue star called Spica, and it's in the constellation of Virgo. The star is about 247 light years away. What does that mean? It means as you're looking at that star, the sacred constitution of the United States was signed. And how about it, John? The light of that star just got here now, as if you're seeing that star's light from when they signed the constitution. I think that's it's totally amazing. Constellation of Virgo. John Katsimatidis and I are both Virgos, always telling both sides of the story every Sunday morning starting at 8. And listen anytime on the 77 WABC app. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. And 35 minutes past the hour of 7 a.m., Sid Rosenberg has the day off. Anthony Weiner, Dominic Carter here with you. We hope your day is off to a wonderful start. It is already humid out there. Early this morning when I left to come to work, it was already very humid, Anthony Weiner. It's going to be in the high 80s, but feel like it's going to be in the 90s today. It's the way it's supposed to be. 
By the way, I'm surprised you haven't made a single wiener hot dog eating comp- contest oh, joke. Oh, that's right. It's tomorrow. It's tomorrow. And Curtis has been in it. By the way, I was invited to be in it because of my name being Wiener, and that was before I was really owning my name like I am today. Uh, but, yeah, it is, it's, finally, it's finally getting to be that summer swelter out there. Well, normally, if Sid were, were here this morning, we would have Sid on sports, but he's not here, which is sponsored by Peerless Boilers. And Peerless Boilers is the world's best-built boiler. And so uh, normally we would have sports right but now. At, but at, but we are going to have it 8.15. That's Mike, right. Mike DeDino is going to come in. He's going to talk about, hopefully, he's going to do a little rundown on the weekend sports. We, Did you see what happened at, at the, uh, at the uh, Mets game uh, Sunday night? The guy falls over. The, I'm sure Mike will brief, brief us on this. The guy falls over the, uh, the fence. And then the staffers run towards him. He puts his hands up to to indicate that he had fell by mistake, and it it just delayed the game for a couple of minutes. Yeah, what's impressive to me is that people are still paying to see the Mets. (laughs) (laughs) Good grief. I mean, listen, they got to win, and I'm going to talk to Mike about this, but... It is hard to find. Are you a Mets guy or a Yankee guy? I'm more Yankees guy, but, 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 but I'm embarrassed to tell you I have not been to the new stadium yet. The new Yankee Stadium. Uh, I, I got news about the new part, buddy. <laughs> I, I wouldn't call it new anymore. Really? It's, it's been, what, two years? What are you talking about? It's 2009, right? What what year was it? It's like, I, I don't even like it. I'll check. No, you're you're 20 years really? late. It was a while ago. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't sound like it's, a, it's yeah. New. Even though you want to say, so I'm, I'm, I'm a Mets fan. And um, but I was meeting uh, for the Subway Series my my brother Jason, who's a Met, who's a Yankee fan, and his daughter and me and Jordan were going to a game, a Subway Series game at Yankee Stadium. And you'll appreciate this. It, I, is that the time when I wanted you on and you said no? Oh, because 100%. You, yes, because you were at the game. That's exactly right. Yes, it, yes. It, I'm sorry, you I blew me off because no. you were and, at a Yankee game. And unlike Curtis, who never lets an opportunity go by, I let that opportunity go by. So anyway, I say to Jason, I said, let's meet at the bat. And what you would remember this from the old stadium, the bat used to be right outside the stadium. Now when they rebuilt the stadium, it's not in the exact same spot. So the bat is now off by some park somewhere. And I didn't know Ah. this because I'm a Met guy. I had no idea that the bat was no longer right in front of the stadium. But, uh, but yeah, I'm I'm a Mets fan, so Mike DeDino is going to come salt my wounds. Yeah, well... Good luck with that. The Mets are not doing too well. We are going to be talking about the Supreme Court uh, and what happened the last couple of days. And as uh, Mr. Weiner just mentioned, coming up at 8.15, we'll have Mike DeDino on baseball and sports. At 8.30 this morning, pollster John McLaughlin on Trump, Trump, Trump. Lots of things to get to this morning. Right now, before we get to the Supreme Court, before we get to Mayor Adams, and he should apologize to that 84-year-old woman. First of all, I'm going right back to the telephone calls. What's your take on that? Should Adams apologize? Look, I I, I think when you're at a town home meeting, you should expect people to defit you. You should expect people to raise their voice. You should expect people to shake fingers in their hands. I get that, that he sometimes feels, the mayor feels he's under siege, and I think that he felt cornered a little bit. Um, I think it was, I think it was over the top. I think, by the way, politicians don't realize this. And I realize this now. I'm in recovery. I've had a lot of things that I've done wrong in my life. Saying sorry is not the worst thing in the world. People understand. Sometimes you get a little, you, you get out over your skis a little bit. I think the mayor said, I'm sorry, but here's what I was responding to. 
I, I think he, he would. Be, I think, generally speaking, politicians should say they're sorry when they do things wrong. Well, folks, this morning, July 3rd, and we hope you have a wonderful 4th of July in this seat. Tomorrow morning will be the owner-operator of WABC, John Katsimatidis, with Curtis Lewa, with Anthony Weiner. Tomorrow, I will be in for... Brian Kilmeade at 10 a.m. from 10 to noon. But right now, we're going right back to the telephone calls, 800-848-WABC. Anthony Weiner tells me New York City is safer than it's been in a while. I believe that's well, what... Well, no, I'm not saying now we're seeing a little spike in crime, but compared to where it was historically in the 80s and the 70s, right, we're right. doing okay. And I say we're not doing okay. 800-848-9222. Let's go to, uh, let's see, Anthony Weiner, you select the next caller. Let's go to Robert in Westchester, get us started a little bit on the Supreme Court discussion. Okay, Robert, good morning. What's on your mind? Good morning. Good morning, guys. Anthony, speaking about apologizing, the president should apologize for even offering that student loan ridiculousness because it never happened unless it went through Congress. So here's what he should do. If you want to cover every single student that has a loan, how about lowering the rate to 1% or better yet zero because education is the most important thing in this country. And it should, and then we should, that would help everybody, not just one select group. What do you mean one select group? Uh, uh, tens of thousands of people are dealing, if not more than that, are dealing with student debt. Right. It wouldn't. It your proposal, Robert, would not help the people with all the debt. I I agree with you that that it should not be lowered because all of society should not pay for some that got the opportunity to go to college. But it it would it would defeat the whole purpose because it wouldn't include the people that have all the debt. Well, I don't know, can I ask you a little bit, and this is a good good stepping off point for what the Supreme Court did. Go ahead. We say that 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 all the people shouldn't help a select group. We have all of our government programs only help a select group. When we have farm subsidies, it only helps farmers. When we have a military contract, it only helps military contractors. This is middle class people who went to college. And by the way, we're the same government that slashed support for college, so these costs have gone up so much higher. I'm I'm at the tail end of the baby boomer. You are as well, okay? When we were going to school, you could have a a minimum wage job part-time and be able to pay for your tuition. Nowadays, you're saddled with tens of thousands of dollars of debt. This is a middle-class program, and I don't understand why people say – and as far as as Robert's point, and the Supreme Court made this point too, I had some concern myself about whether whether Congress could – could could do this without going back to um, going back to to, to the country. We had the Heroes Act, which gave the president of the United States this authority. And the Supreme Court always says, all right, we're textualists. We want to see what the text of the law says. The text of the law says in the Heroes Act that the Department of Education has the right to waive or modify statutory regulatory provisions of this program. Okay, okay, okay but Mr. Weiner, what about the argument, the argument that many make that, hey, I wanted to go to college. I couldn't afford to go to college, and I'm going to have to help pay back loans for people that sometimes didn't even appreciate the opportunity to go to school and just wandered taxpayers' money. Well, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Now, you, you, you say that people didn't spend it right. People went to college and got student loans, okay? The reason they had to get student loans is because things are a lot more expensive than they were when you and I went to college. And why is that? So you say, well, we don't want them getting... We didn't say that when we waived PPP loans and like 40 members of Congress had their PPP loans waived. We, we don't, we don't say that when we give tax cuts to billionaires and say, well, it's only going to the billionaires. Listen, this is the way, you know, uh, uh, Joe Biden did something to, to try to help people 
get out from under their their debt. And okay, these are but, middle but, class people. But answer my question. So hypothetical, I get to go to college. You don't. I owe a hundred thousand, right? You should have to pay to help bail me out. When you when you keep saying pay to bail, we but not bail you out. The idea is a lot of people went to college. We the government. We, the taxpayers, said we're not going to support universities anymore. We cut them like 67%. I have a list here somewhere of how much each state cut their sort. Right, so, right. So, the, the, these universities with $100 billion endowments. The, well, the, oh, those, by the way. Those universities? Hey, by the way, I have no problem. In, and, and if someone wants to say to me that inflation in education is out of control, I'm with you 100%. But the question is, how do we deal with that problem? Now we have this debt that these people owe. These are middle-class people, okay? Middle-class people. Rich people are not going out and taking out a $10,000 loan to get through college. And we're saying to people, the way you get ahead in this world is you go to college. We want people to get to get. And now these kids come out and they got seventy, eighty thousand $80,000. When I went to, to, to college, it wasn't as expensive. So, yes, to some degree, we slashed the sport for education, and now we're saying we're going to make it up to you a little bit. And we do this kind of thing for for different at least in this case, it's middle-class people who are benefiting from it. Okay, let's continue with the telephone calls. We're going to zero in on the Supreme Court. Obviously, Sid Rosenberg is not here this morning. He's off this morning. Tomorrow morning, he will be back on Wednesday. Anthony Weiner with myself, Dominic Carter. Let's go to Queens. Let's say good morning to Nick. Good morning, Nick. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Good morning, Dominic. Well, you are an American icon it's wonderful to talk to you. I don't know how you're keeping your patients sitting next to that thing that you're sitting next to. And let me tell you, crime is not better. He is out of his mind. By the way, I'm, I'm right here, Nick. Air. Why are you talking to me like I'm not here? You're not. As far as I'm concerned, you're a non. You're a non. A non-suitor. You're not even there. That that's a good way to talk. Oh, that's that is that is that is, that is not fair. That is not fair. Hey, you know, can I? You know, here, here's the thing. And you know, Nick brings up a little. This whole idea is I disagree with the guy, so he's a non non whatever. I disagree with you about stuff. Well, you do you really want to come on the air and just hear one no, hand clapping? You don't disagree with me without stuff. You are part of this whole progressive movement in this that's turning this country into a third world nation you're not telling me you're not going to tell me that you're argumentative you're not argumentative you're a subversive as far as i'm all right. concerned all right well listen nick i i appreciate it nick and i and i want to tell you something this is this is january this is july 4th weekend this is where we 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 celebrate the the notion of independence and the people that fought for this country are part of that. And what did they fight for? They didn't fight for us to be agreeing on everything. Agreed. And I want to tell you something. That we can agree to my, disagree. Some of my, you know, when when I went to college, I went to college at Plattsburgh State University, the Harvard of Clinton County, New York, I call it. Up there, a very conservative place. And wait, the- wait, wait, wait. Stop. Stop. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Stop. Stop. You went to Plattsburgh? SUNY, SUNY Plattsburgh. I went to SUNY Cortland. There you wow. go. There you go. But, but part of where I developed my political ideology and perspective is being in a very conservative part of the country. But wait, what did you do in Plattsburgh? I played there, hockey. There, there's, you played on the, on the college team? Oh, no, I, I couldn't. I mean, I, I went up there hoping to make the team. I couldn't, but I went up there because, well, two things, two things you should know about me. One, I've been playing hockey my whole life. I still play today. My son Jordan plays hockey. And so being up there was hockey nirvana. I was right on the. On, what, on the what position does your son play? He's a, he's a winger. He's a right wing. I'm a goalie. 
So that means your son can score. My son can score. He likes to think he can score on me. I'm not quite sure he's. No, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I hope he's not listening up in camp. So, okay, but well, wait now. Wait, wait. Plattsburgh. So that's what about two hours beyond Albany? Oh no, it's more than that. It's kind okay. of a, it's 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 a little bit more than that. It's, it's about, about three hours. It, it's about six hours north of here. Five and a half, six north of here. We are. It's the thing we were Montreal, where we border right, Montreal. It's not, it's not far from the Canadian border. Right by the as a matter of fact, when we would from time to time back you when would I go drink, to Montreal. Every once in a while, more often, we would go right over the border to some place to get beer and then go right back. But let me finish with Nick. Okay, for a but wait, wait, let wait, me, no, wait, no, wait, no, no. wait, 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 wait. So you would go over the border to buy the beer for yeah. what reason? Because of higher alcohol content. Alcohol has, in Canada, there's more. Well, th- th- I don't think it's the case now. This is before you had these malt liquors and everything else, I okay. think. And someone can, can check this. I have a, a strange feeling Diego may know this. But uh, th- th- <laughs> that, the, that you know, you had this really potent beer that was like really? 5% alcohol there. For example, you would get a Budweiser there that had like 5% alcohol. We had a Budweiser here that's 35 or something like that. So you would go to Canada just for that extra percent now, and a half? Now, as someone who's in recovery who doesn't drink anymore, I'm a little embarrassed to say this, and I don't encourage you kids to do it. But nowadays, these malt liquors that kids are that people are buying, um, and by the way, when when we when we were growing up, it the, was old English and cold forty five and stuff like that. I mean, it was a little bit the the whole notion of a forty was malt liquor. Mister Weiner, uh, what do you know about cold forty five? Not for, look, again, I'm not an authority. I'm not an authority in any of these things. But listen, you were very kind because you try to, you try to get in the way of me talking back to Nick. Let me just make this point. And cause, and look. So wait, my tactic didn't work. You're still, you're still in my role. I see, I see. You're not still in my role. Go ahead, go ahead. I just totally disagree with this idea that, you know what, that, that you have to, you have to only espouse one viewpoint when you're listening to the radio. Some of my closest friends in 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 Washington were on the other side. I I would do budget cutting things with Jason Chaffetz and 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 I just part of the way I understand how I feel about the world is by talking and having conversations with people who are more conservative. So this idea I don't want to talk to that piece of whatever it is. And by the way, I'm going to be on doing an an, an overnight um a filling in for uh, for Frank Morano. I'm really excited about it. It's going to be Wednesday morning. I mean, if people want to call up and argue with me, I, I'm there all day for it. But if you're going to call up and say I don't even deserve to exist or be on the radio, I'm sorry. I just disagree with that. But anyway, that's just me responding. And and I, I should point out, I should point out that Anthony said before the show started that he wanted to take as many calls as possible. It, did you or did you not? And I and I also said, listen, if someone if if some if someone wants to take a run at me, I have no problem with that. I have no problem. And with that. he did make that comment early this morning. But right now, right now we see your calls. We've got to talk about the Supreme Court. We've got to talk about Mayor Adams. Mr. Mayor, apologize to that 84-year-old woman and then this is behind you. We'll see what Mr. Weiner has to say again. This is Sit and Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. And we are back. Anthony Weiner, Dominic Carter, Sid Rosenberg has the day off. Sit and Friends, good morning. Good morning. You get to relax today, I hope. You get to take it easy. You get to get that barbecue ready. You get to make that steak, that burger, that grilled salmon, 
What time should we be there, Anthony? I'm not doing the cooking. I'm doing the eating, maybe. (laughs) But listen up, 77 WABC listeners. AARP of New York is sending you to see the Staten Island Ferry Hawks. That's right. Get ready to enjoy an unforgettable day at the ballpark because I have a pair of tickets to give away for the July 23rd Staten Island Ferry Hawks games. When you take on the Lexington Lexington Counterclocks, that can't be the name of the team. (laughs) Maybe, maybe. Be be the seventh caller right now at 800-848-9222, and a pair of tickets are yours. That's right, 800-848-WABC. Be the seventh caller right now, and a pair of tickets are yours. And learn how you can volunteer with AARP of New York. Visit aarp.org slash volunteer with AARP. New York, good luck, and that is the Ferry Hawks against the Lexington Counterclocks. Is that a thing? Hey, hey, hey. Is, oh, do, is like in Kentucky, do they do the clock differently than we do it? Hey, who hey, knows? Hey, speaking of that, you know what I found out this weekend? What? That when they do the age in South Korea, they do it differently than we do? Really? When they When they ask you how old you are in South Korea, the way they do it is when you're born, you're one year old. And every January 1st, you age another year. So no matter what day you were actually born. Correct. Correct. Wow. And, and but isn't that crazy to, you're, when you're born? So exa- so like it's, you're, so me, I September 4th, 1964, I would have been one at that point, And then the following January, I would have turned two. So they finally, I didn't even know this. So they finally changed that. They're going to join the international community and start doing birthdays the same way everyone else is. How confusing is that? It, it, I don't know. It just seems like we have our way of doing things, and then there's the rest. But of the I have world. never, but I have never met in my life someone when you say how old they are, they have to stop and think what math they should use. But maybe that's what the counterclocks believe in. So coming up, coming up at uh, eight fifteen, we'll be joined by Mike Didino to talk baseball and sports at eight thirty. Poster John McLaughlin, Anthony Weiner, Dominic Carter, and for Sid Rosenberg. At 7.55 in the morning, we have been talking with you folks, taking your telephone calls. We've got to get to Mayor Adams. Mr. Mayor, please apologize to that 84-year-old woman. We're also going to deal with the Supreme Court affirmative action and all the different issues that have come out as of lately on the Supreme Court. President Trump in South Carolina, a rock star over the weekend. Crowds, crowds practically taking over the small town the small town of Pickens, South Carolina. Let's continue with the phone calls. Mike in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Good morning, Mike. You're talking to Anthony Weiner and Dominic Carter. Always great listening, Dominic, here on the radio. Anthony, first time chatting. You went to Plattsburgh. My ex-nephew went to Plattsburgh. Oh, yeah, when? And, uh, Did you remember when, like what, roughly? Oh, he's, uh, he, he's 37 now, so he's in Florida uh, with his mom and dad, West Coast. Um uh, I, uh, I got a lot to say, but I'll make it, you know, quick. Some people drone on, uh, Anthony, I like your analogy. You're triple a, uh, I'm a Mets fan played oh college baseball. The last game of the 69 world series. I was 15. I shake Willie Mays' hand in a parking lot in 1973. That was wow. pretty cool. The dust up at second base, Pete Rose, but Harrison, I went to classic games. Uh, but you know what? Uh, Dominic knows. Uh, I met Bernard McGurk many times on Long Beach Boardwalk. I'm going there 60 years since I'm a kid. I'm the same age as Curtis, and he's a trip, isn't he? Um, but <laughs> I love I, I love WABC. Uh, uh, you know, I don't call all the shows. I even go back to Bob Grant, Bob Gigante. But Bernard McGurk, 
it was a pleasure. We had, I don't know, 10 chats on the boardwalk. And his daughter played volleyball at Cortland. My son, wide receiver at Cortland, same graduating ceremony, Dean's List. How about that? Hmm. Uh, and Dominic, Cortland, you know, uh, whatever. Uh, here's the thing. Um, you know, the Democratic donkeys, Biden and his crackhead son, country's going, you know, in a downward spiral. And Adams, you're right, Dominic. Adams, give that lady an apology. I mean, come on. Uh, she deserves it. I-, I saw the body language, you know, with her pointing the finger and everything. But uh, you don't have to bring up plantation. I mean, you know, Eric Adams, you're making dead presidents money under the table. I call dead presidents where you, you, you're shooting the uh, illegals upstate New York, and, you know, you're clubbing it with Sharpton with your suits, $5,000 suits. Well, you know, I mean, here, here, here's the thing. I mean, I, I have to agree. I mean, Mike, thank you, and, and, and a happy 4th of July to you. And we used to play Cortland in, in hockey and just about everything else. I mean, the thing is, if you're going to hold a town hall meeting and you're the mayor of the city of New York, you got to be prepared to take some heat. I'm sorry. I mean, Bottom listen, line. I mean, if someone's going to wave a finger at you, that's the least of your problems when you're at a town hall meeting. Folks, we will be right back on the morning show. Sid Rosenberg has the day off. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. But you say he's just a friend. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Oi! And good morning on this Monday, July 3rd, the day before the 4th of July, 8.06 a.m., 8.06 a.m. Anthony Weiner, Dominic Carter here with you this morning. Sid Rosenberg has today and tomorrow off. Sid and friends, the program is still here with you. Good morning to you, Anthony. We're doing kind of an ebony and ivory thing here today, you and me. And which, which one am I? Which one are you? <laughs> Nicely done. <laughs> I always, when I was, uh, I was filling in for James Golden at the end of the uh, the end of the year during the Christmas break. I said that we're frequently confused for one another since our politics are so similar and we look so similar. And it is time for a sit-down sports sponsored by Peerless Boilers, the world's best boiler. For those of you who are regular listeners to. Sit in friends. It's a little bit jarring to hear me on the air. But since it's sit on sports, we're going to have Mike Dodano come in and talk about sports a little bit. And this is my opportunity. I'm not sure if you're aware of this, Dominic, but I got a little stern talking to by Chad Lopez, our general manager, president, our fearless leader. And I think this might have come down from even higher from up uh, John and Margo Katsapiti said I was talking about hockey too much on my program, the middle, two o'clock on Saturdays. Ah, because I'm a hockey fan, and but you know now I'm sitting here, and it's Sid. Uh, you know, Sid does uh, his sit on sports segment, so I am going to now do 15 minutes on hockey free agency opening, <laughs> and the Islanders. You know, re-signing Pierre Engvall for a seven-year deal. I'm not really sure he's worth seven years. The actually, I just got. So wait, that's the Rangers. This is the Islanders. The Islanders. Dominic. Are there, wait, are there any brothers on the Islanders? Let, let's deal um, with the real issues. 
How about there any, are, any brothers on the Rangers? The Rangers, let's see. Oh, they have, um, uh, uh, what's the defenseman called? They do have, they do have an African-American. On well, the Can- Rangers. A Canadian-American defenseman. Uh, Kanye, uh, uh, Miller, Miller, I don't remember his first okay. name. I'm, I'm okay. an Islander fan. But the, I actually did, I would do these regular rundowns, and finally they said, when are you doing two? You can do sports, because people love to hear about sports. But you're doing too much hockey. No one cares about hockey. So I got around the ban by having my 11-year-old son come in. And, and no, and he is so cute. And he did a great job talking about He's 11 now? He's 11. He's actually wow. now 11 and a half. He's off at camp seven weeks. Did you go to sleepaway camp when you were growing up? Couldn't afford it. Yeah, we, did, we didn't, but not because we couldn't afford it. We were a nice, solid middle class because my dad and mom, um, my dad who I just lost, as you know, my dad and mom bought this little place in Highland Lakes, New Jersey, in Sussex County, which is up by the... It's in northern New Jersey, a little shack, but it was on a lake. I lived the most idyllic summers. Wow. I didn't realize it at the time. They were the smart ones. My dad and mom bought a limestone duplex on a park block in Park Slope for $38,000 in the 1960s. They had this little place. So I never, I never went to camp. Jordan is away for seven weeks. And your mom is an educator, or was she? An was, she was a public school teacher for thirty something years. Frances Weiner. She taught at IS eighty eight. Then she taught math at Midwood High School. I still, from time to time, have people stop me on the subways and say they had my mom for math, and I have to like recoil because I'm not sure she was a pretty tough teacher. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's when Mike Dodano is going to be coming in about eight fifteen. We're going to talk a little bit about the sorry state of the New York Mets. And um, yeah, and other I mean, sports things going on. Mm, mm. In the meantime, folks, we've got to get to the Supreme Court. Mayor Adams, just apologize, Mayor Adams. You're the mayor. She's an 84 year old woman. Just apologize. I know, but Dominic, let it go. It's one day, one day. Let him. He, no, he lost his temperature. No, no, By the no. way, you know, the funny thing is, he went on the radio the next day. I think mm-hmm. on CBS Radio, and he had a chance to dial it back a little bit, and he didn't. He doubled down. Look, he he's doubled down. I, I, ten, ten, well, another station. Was, it was another station. Yes. He had a chance. My view is, and maybe you disagree with this, people, and maybe it's because of my unique circumstances of having had a public scandal and trying to come back and trying to make amends, people are willing to cut you some slack if you say, all right, I made a mistake. I regret it. I'm going to try to make amends going forward. But politicians, for some reason, refuse to say they're sorry. They think it makes them look weak. I disagree. I think we teach our kids all the time. We teach a kid, you know, and, and in my program of recovery, making amends, you know, it's one thing to say, all right, I'm all better, but you've got to go make amends to those that you harmed. And he had a chance. And, and I, I had this conversation with my colleagues, and I had this conversation with Hillary Clinton when she was running in 2008. Say you made a mistake on the vote in the Gulf War. Say I made a mistake. I screwed it up. I know I did when I made that vote. People will get, cut you some slack if you just say, I'm sorry. Well, you know, and, and your, your name came up on the, uh, Trump, on the Trump tapes as well. Uh, but we'll, we'll that's deal with we'll, Yeah, that, that's another that's whole story. That's a kettle of fish. Let, let's go back to the telephone calls. We are taking your calls. Uh, Mike DeDino is going to join us at 8.15, about four minutes from now for sports. And coming up at, uh, at 8.30, we'll talk to pollster, the great John McLaughlin, Let's continue with your telephone calls. Anthony in Brooklyn. Good morning, Anthony, and welcome to the Sid and Pro and Friend, Sid and Friends program. Yeah, good morning. It's actually Brian. I wanted the, to ask a question to Anthony. And, and my question is this. I watched him come up as I was coming up in medicine. 
there was nobody more talented than he. And you're encyclopedic in your knowledge of New York City. Why are you not running again? You've recovered. You've redeemed yourself. Come on back to the game. Well, I appreciate it, Brian, and thank you. I mean, if you I, – I, look, it's very kind of you. All I would say is, is this, is that there's lots of ways that you can serve. And one of the ways that you can serve is by coming on the radio and talking about public affairs and stating your opinion about things. One thing that, that Curtis gave me this, this advice, and thank you very much for calling, Anthony. He gave me this advice. He says, if you want to do radio – you can't be thinking about everything you say about how it's going to reflect on a future run for office. When Andrew Cuomo came on the air a few times here and John did these great interviews with him, you can tell every answer that Andrew Cuomo was giving was filtering through the lens of how is this going to sound if I ever run for office again. And as a result, he never came across, in my view, maybe you disagree, Dominic, he never came across as being completely honest. I am now... Look, I took the position that we should build a wall on the southern border. I'm a Democrat. Now, part of that is because I think if you're going to compromise, you've got to give a little something to the other side. And there are some things that I would like. I think we need to compromise. Would I be taking that position if I was still thinking about running for office? Probably not because I'd get drummed out of my own party. I All I can say is there are many ways I think you can serve, and, and I'm choosing to do it this way, but it's a very kind of Brian. You know, before we go to the uh, next call, and we will continue with the calls this hour. Sid Rosenberg is not here today. Anthony Weiner, Dominic Carter, we're filling in for him. John Katsimatidis will be here tomorrow. I think that this migrant mess is horrible. I think that the American taxpayer, particularly the New York taxpayer, that we are being robbed. And I think that Mayor Adams got outplayed by Governor Abbott in this situation. Why are you frowning at me, Anthony Weiner? Well, I don't know who he got robbed by. We, we have an immigration system that asylees are supposed to come in 10, 15 at a time, and they're coming in thousands at a time. And who, whose and, fault is that, that they're coming to New York? Oh, because uh, you can uh, the collapse of the government in Venezuela, it, it, perhaps? It's not Mayor Adams' fault? Whether they're coming to New York? Yes. No, no. no. Wait, when, wait. Didn't, didn't your buddy Mayor Adams welcome them here with listen, open when, arms, when people, send his immigration commissioner to greet the buses when they come here? If you are coming here as an immigrant from Ukraine, from Haiti, from Venezuela, from these other countries that are coming into you you're not going to podunk iowa you're going to new york city where there's a community where there are theoretically where there are jobs look a lot of people were put on planes going to martha's venue with a lie that there were jobs there the system is utterly collapsed but whose responsibility are the laws the laws are the responsibility of the united wow. states congress wow Wow, we we totally disagree. What you, May, you, Mayor Adams? People have been coming to New York City. Mayor Adams completely dropped the ball on this one. If Mayor Adams said absolutely nothing, Dominic, immigrants, Mayor, we're the immigrant city. This is where people come to. This is where my 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 forefathers didn't didn't get off the boat and say, "Hey, where's Detroit?" They said, "I'm going to New York City." Okay, but the mayor welcomed them here. You 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 don't have a problem Wait, with that? What do you mean welcome them? First of all, them. These are other human beings that are that are fleeing their own countries, crossing uh, thousands Anthony, of miles. Oh, let's, so let's not have that debate. It, it's too early in the morning. Have you seen half of these migrants walking around with designer clothes? And all right, I, it, I, I, I first of all, these migrants were, were were dehumanizing. These are people that are coming here, 
And yes, do we welcome New York City in the 1970s? If it had not been for the waves of migration that we had, this city would be nothing. This country is we are a country that welcomes immigrants. Now, these laws are broken. We are the people that are now mopping up for these broken laws. But if I see one more member of Congress come on these airwaves and say they, they, they are Biden, 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 you are a member of Congress. It's your job to fix this system. And they're refusing to do it. So you don't see the problem. And let us know when Mike DeDino is standing by with the sports. So you don't see. Wait, this This isn't sporty enough for you. This debate here isn't sport. <laughs> you don't you don't see the what? Four and a half billion dollars. You, you, I mean, the I, immigration system is a mess in this country. We are New York City. We okay, are going to we okay. are going to be dealing with. OK, if, so if, if Mayor if, Adams wasn't pandering. Why didn't you just turn the buses around? There's no turning buses around. These are Why people not? who are here the legally. Chicago These are it? people are here legally. Lori, Lori Lightfoot You can't did turn it? around a bus. Someone wants to come to New York City. You can't stop them. They're here legally. Well, Mayor Lightfoot, before she left office in Chicago, she directed the buses to the if suburbs. If someone wants to get out of a bus, if someone wants to get in a car, someone wants to hitchhike. Once, By the way, this is a common misconception. people. Have, and I'm going to say this to you because I think you know this. Once these people set foot in the United States and say, I, I am, don't buy that. Hold I on a second. Hold on. Hold on. I am requesting asylum in this country. They at that point get a piece of paper. They're all carrying a piece of paper when they go. To, these are people who are, have a right to apply for asylum. They may not get a hearing for four years because of Congress. Right. They now, may be here. And they're, 10 years. And they're, and they're, it's no, it's about four years. They may not be allowed to work because of Congress, but they are here lawfully and legally. You can't say we're going to turn them around. They have a right to be here. Now, what we do have in New York City, because of a court uh, case by Ed Koch was they have a right to housing in New York City they don't have in any other city in the United States of America. And that's questionable. That is questionable. What do you mean? When, when you talk about a that's sanctuary city... That's the Callahan city, decision. Well, when that's you talk, not the sanctuary okay, city. That's wait, a wait, different but, thing. But, but, but when you talk about uh, coming to a Manhattan hotel, right, and that the city is obligated to... I under don't the buy law. that. Under the I, law. I, I it's a Callahan decision. You know what? I don't give you buy it you, or not. You know it's what? a law. You know what? It's a consent you know, decree entered by Ed Koch so, so, and the Coalition so, for the Homeless so, in 1979. So you know what the mayor should do? Take me to court. We'll let a federal judge work this out. Take what me they, to court. There's a consent decree. Take me to court. I am no. not going to pay for your residence, for your food, and for everything else. No. Take me to federal court, and a, we'll battle it out The in court. city has already entered into the Callahan decision. We've already agreed to it. I agree that that's a problematic, that's a problematic consent decree. A consent decree, you can't walk into court. This is the law. These people are here lawfully. Well, I tell you what. We are going to continue this one, Anthony Weiner. We are going to continue this one. Bring it on, chicken. <laughs> We are going to take a break. When we come back, you have Anthony Weiner, Dominic Carter, in for Sid Rosenberg. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. Most overrated sports song in history. No. Oh, God, I love this song. This song. Curtis Lee tells me that I don't sing. He says, Dominic, under no circumstances do you sing. We're joined by Mike Dodino, WABC Sports Content Manager. Mike, can you sing? No, I can't. You can't sing? The worst singers in the world, actually. But, uh, you, uh, Anthony Weiner, can you sing this song? Come on, come on, come on, man. This is, you know, this is the thing. Dun, dun, dun. Here's the thing. I mean, of the world. So just about. Every element of this week is a little bit slower, a little bit taking easy. Now, Diego usually would reach into the barrel and get a better sports song. This is the greatest sports song. And it's just so overdone. 
So overdone. Okay, so what, what song should we Mike have played? Mike Dino with sports here. Oh, wait, can you answer my question? What song should we have played? Give me one. Uh, well, I think we should celebrate minor league baseball since we... Mm, not bad. Mm. Not bad. But mm, mm, mm. we should celebrate minor league baseball. Right. Because... Bruce. Because we're giving away Ferry Hawks. You didn't know who won those tickets. Bruce Mattia of Staten Island won we're the going tickets. to see the Ferry Hawks and the counterclockwises. Maybe Mike Didino would understand this. Why is the Lexington, what is this, single-A split, split season? Is that what, what the, the uh, Ferry Hawks play? The Lexington team is called the Counterclocks. That's they, their team name. Yeah, that's the same reaction. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's an interesting yeah. one. You know, what, what do you think it come, where do you think it comes from? <laughs> What did you say they're called? The counter? I, I'm just I'm just reading the, the copy here. It says the Lexington. Now, if you a gun to my head, I couldn't have I, I wouldn't have known the Lexington single A, Lexington counterclocks. That's who Bruce Medea, 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 who won the tickets. He's going to be going to see the game on July 23rd, thanks to AARP of New York. And uh, so anyway, Mike Didino, uh, I I understand I flubbed your name before. This has been a tough tough summer for Mets fans. You're telling me. Are you a Mets fan? Unfortunately, yeah. It's 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 been brutal. And you're the sports content manager here. Seventy seven has a, a great sports program. There's nothing good to say about it, right? They won their first series this past weekend in one month. Do you know how difficult that yeah. is to do? I mean, this is the team with the highest payroll in the history of the sport, and they're eight games under five hundred and eighteen and a half games out of first place. In July, that is, it's almost impressive how bad it's been. So, does it mean that the players have no enthusiasm? It just, you know, I stay up late at night sometimes, and I try to think where is it going wrong? Who can you blame? You know, I go through all the numbers, I go through all the the contracts, and for me, it's you could blame a number of guys, but for me, it starts at the top. It starts at the top, and the it, owner. I, I'm blaming. I put the blame on the owner, and but while, wait, so wait, he he created. And all he spent money like it's going out of style. He created and, this and is the same and a half games out of first. This is the same exact team. In answer to your question, Dominic, this is the same exact team that the last year we were talking about how well how well they raised ran the bases, how disciplined they are, how well they fielded the baseball. All of those things. It's the opposite this year, and they, and they, they have a better starting rotation now. You know it may come down to two things, three things actually. One. Diaz getting hurt in the World that's Series the of Baseball. Release, that's the relief. Yeah, that, that's right, that. Right. And in that st- stupid World Series of Baseball, World cha- what is it called? The World Baseball Classic. World Baseball he Classic. He played for Puerto Rico. Okay. Yeah, okay. and he, him and his brother were celebrating on the mound after some game that was barely relevant to anybody. They beat Dominican Republic, I believe. That was that, right, which was a big deal for Puerto Rico, mm-hmm. as you, you can imagine. That's one thing. The second thing is, I love Cohen as an owner. As a human being, I'm not crazy about him. You right? met him before? No, but I'm just saying that the guy escaped going to prison for, for insider trading because they got everyone in his organization but him, and it's only, I think, because he had a bunch of money. But third, and let's see if Diego can pull this, a guy named George Santos. Heard of this guy? Yes. George Santos. You have to be ready to go, Diego? This is the ultimate jinx for the Mets, and, and I know I'm stepping on Mike Didino's time here, but but we're, we're going to get This is the ultimate jinx for the Mets is... is you ready? Listen to this. Hey guys, today is opening day. As a good old Mets fan, I know you guys aren't going to be playing until April 6th back home, but in good old fashion, let's go Mets! That's not the chant, you moron! 
Let's go next. What the? And good old fashioned Jets. Don't root for somebody else. God forbid he comes out and he says he likes the Jets. Ever since that knucklehead, that knucklehead said that he was a Mets fan. Let's go Mets. That's not the way you do it. It's I, let's I've, go Mets. I've never Let, seen this much energy uh, from you, Mr. Weiner. I got to blame someone. Mike, back me up here. We got to blame someone. Yeah, for that's this. unacceptable. Now, you seem, you were <laughs> emotional about that. Are you a Mets fan? Are you? Is the Pope Catholic? So you are a Mets fan. So because I don't root for the Yankees. That's like rooting for U.S. Steel. Who do you root for? You're a Mets fan, I'm a Mets fan, right? fan yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway. So you're not blaming Cohen. Now, I understand where you're he coming from. He put in they... amazing he, – he, he spent like a, a drunken sailor on this team. It's not and, – and I don't even I, – I don't know. I, yeah. No, I don't blame him. Well, what should he have done? I mean, for me, I do understand where you're coming from. So you finally have an owner after decades and decades that's ready to spend. He's ready to piss out money. As you said, drunk sailor money. But where – he's putting his money and Billy Epler, the general manager, has done one of the worst jobs – in the history of any sport building a team, and he refuses to make a move with Buck Showalter. This is the same team that last year is, was fine, and what's the point? This is the same team that lost in the wild card round last year. I don't care what they did in the regular Listen, season. My, 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 my view is, at this point, I would take a wild card spot in a heartbeat for this team, and that's probably what the Yankees are going to wind up at. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. First of all, he has said at that big State of the Union press conference he did last week, he did say he's going to bring in a head of baseball operations and a president, so they're going to layer over Epler, and probably Buck will be gone at the end of the season. And by the way, look me up. I can't do any worse a job than these guys are doing. But this is a, at a certain point, you got to play the games, Dominic. You got to play the games. These, these. So is, wait, so wait. I, I, I get it. You guys are not happy that your team is I not rate. is is oh not doing God. well. This is not next level. But, stink. but, 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 but. You know, maybe. Maybe that's a reason why you should be down with the rest of us and be Yankee fans. Maybe. Maybe. All because right. you guys love to torture yourselves, right? right? You know, rooting for the Yankees is like rooting for U.S. Steel. How do you, okay. do you root for those guys? Okay, but wait, wait, wait. Because Jeter, because A-Rod, on and on. But wait, right. Mike, I got a question for you here. So when you come on the air this morning and you criticize the GM and the players, you look at these guys eye to eye. What do they say to you after after you've heard? I can tell you what it's like when you criticize the politicians. They smile in your face and they want to stab you in the back. But what is it like as a sports guy when you criticize the GM like you just did and you've got to go look at this guy and look at these ball players on the Well, Mets? that's funny you ask that because I, we are credential media here, so I do go to the Mets games. I've been to a ton of Yankee games this season. You meet the guys. They're all good people. And i, I got to say, like, you know, I'm 27 years old. Most of the players are in, in the same realm of me as age. Cool guys, and if I go up in the, I'll look them in the eye, and I will never say anything negative to them. I'm a coward. <laughs> I will look them in the eye, and I will say, "You're doing a great job, man. Best of luck." And I'm wishing you every. And so this you the is best. the problem. This is the problem with what they, in politics, they call this the problem with access journalism. Like when you rely on the team to get into the locker room to have access to the players, right? You have a tendency to kind of defang yourself a little bit. But what I tell you, what neutralizes that. We at 77, we're competing against other radio stations, right? And if our listeners think that we're, we're nerfing our, our conversations about these things, they're going to turn someone else. Same way with the tabloids. If the Daily News, if, 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 if Yankee fans feel that the Daily News isn't doing a good job, they're going to read the post. You think our front page is, is competitive. The back page of the newspaper, those guys are really competitive. It's difficult. But, you know, I, I, let, me, let me say this. I, I, I know I got a memo that I can't talk about hockey as much as I am, but you – being the head of sports content here, and you're a, you're a Ranger fan. The Rangers have had 
a great free agency, haven't they? They've done a pretty good job. I still have a bad taste in my mouth. Now, the Rangers, they've done a bunch of moves so far. I mean, uh, have it here. Blake been, Wheeler, they signed Blake Wheeler on a very uh, on a team-friendly deal. Yeah, he's when, 34 years old, didn't realize he was at him. And now they signed the, uh, Nick Bonino from, Nick Bonino. from Pittsburgh. They've made a lot of moves. I'm still, I still got a bad taste in my mouth from how the, how, how the Rangers went out this season. Obviously, we went on in the deadline. We got Tarasenko. We got Patrick Kane, and they laid an absolute egg after leading the Devils 2 to nothing in the series. So I still have a bad taste in my mouth. From that, now you're an Islanders fan. Yeah, but the Rangers. I mean, before we move on, the, the Rangers all season long, and this is true last season too. They're not a good five on five team, right? They they pile up stats on the power play. I wait, mean, wait, 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 wait! You said five on five team. I don't know what that means. I, it I just thought... means it's so so a, a a great percentage of goals are scored in the NHL when you have an advantage on the power play, and, and the way right. so what, somebody's in the penalty box. right, and and so the the the, the Rangers have a an almost historically good player named named Kreider, who 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 scores an enormous amount of tipping goals very close to the net. So what that did that combined with the fact that they have a great goaltender, the second best Russian goaltender in the New York area, <laughs> but the fact they have a great goaltender, they have looked a lot better in the record than they have been on the ice at playoff time when the games tighten up. There aren't as many penalties. The other goalie's good in the playoffs too. So I think they've always they I don't think they've never I don't think they're as good as their records well, in the last gentlemen, couple of we, seasons. Gentlemen, we only have a minute left. John McLaughlin, uh, the pollster, is on the line. Uh, so, Mike, wait a minute here. Now, you guys are in this hockey discussion. What about the Yankees? Who's the star on the Yankees? The guy that he, Aaron is, Judge. Yeah, well, Aaron Judge is the star of the Yankees. Now he's been out for a month. He had a toe injury. I don't know if you remember this. You saw this. They were playing in L.A. He smashed his toe into the wall, making a great catch. Now the 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 wall in Dodger Stadium is like not it's cemented. They don't cover it up, and he ended up fracturing his toe. And he's which, been out by the way, think about that for a second. They have these it's, thoroughbred athletes out there playing, playing, in, including Judge, and they have at the base of the fence is a concrete mm-hmm. curb, like a curb you might see. It is insane. I mean, it is just insane. And now since Judge has been out, what are they a five hundred team? They're right? about a, it just. Yeah, the Yankees are in some trouble now. They're still ten. They have the opposite record of the Mets. They're eight games over five hundred. They are in the wild card spot, but they're without their best player. The rest of their lineup stinks, and I would never say this to any of their faces if I saw them. I'd say you guys are doing a great job and keep up the good work, but Mike. their lineup stinks. Their bullpen is what's kept them going so far. Mike, they have a number we, one we bullpen. Got, we got to take a break. But outside of Aaron Judge, does the Yankees? In my day, you had. A-Rod, Jeter, they had all-stars that were marquee all-stars at almost every position. Sorry. Do they have anybody like that yeah, now? Yeah, Josh outside? Donaldson is hitting 136, and he's this, making $25 sorry. million dollars to do it. This is this this team rises and falls with Aaron Judge, and unfortunately, I think he's I, he's not as well. After that perfect game, he limped onto the field. I don't know yeah, if you saw that. I was tweeting about that, actually. Anyway, well, Mike Tadani, sports content manager, thank you for coming in, giving us a little bit of hockey talk. I'm sure if people who are tuning in are saying, hockey and wiener, this is not a good morning for Sydney friends. <laughs> and we'll be See? right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. 
Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sit and Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Boy, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. It's past the hour. 37 minutes past the hour of 8 a.m. Good morning. Dominic Carter here with you with Anthony Weiner. And in just a moment, standing by, we will talk to pollster John McLaughlin. Anthony, good morning to you. Ebony and Ivory, reunited and it feels so good. You know, Dominic, you and I go way back in New York politics together. You were at New York One when I was starting out as a city councilman and a congressman. So are you calling me an old man? You and I, I think I'm exactly the same age. What's your birthday? June 18th. Of what year? 64. You are a few months younger than I. I'm September 4th, 1964. Wow, look at that. Yeah. Look at that. And we're, we're, we're holding up pretty well, you and me. It's time for the 77 WBC Clip of the Day. Listen to John Katsimatidis on the Cats Roundtable, where common sense prevails. Here, John talks with Congressman Peter King. Congressman King, uh, what keeps you up at night these days? Our country is changing and not for the better. Listen, I realize times are always going to change. The country is never going to be the same it was when we were growing up or our fathers or our grandfathers. But despite the changes over the years, it's always kept its basic fabric or its basic beliefs. I just think now we're going off the deep end. Uh, everyone becomes a victim. Everyone becomes entitled to something. And uh, I, for instance, I fully support the Supreme Court decision, even though there's such a backlash against it, uh, as far as colleges admissions race should not be the factor can you imagine me and me and peter king we used to fight with each other on the floor of congress now here i am introducing him always telling both sides of the story every sunday morning that's the cats roundtable starting at eight and listen anytime on the 77 wabc app well we are now joined live by pollster john mclaughlin the great john mclaughlin john good morning to you dominic carter speaking here with anthony weiner Good morning, Dominic. Good morning, Congressman. Great hey, John. Lead in. I love, I love, I worked for Pete King for 28 years and he made his pollster look great. Yeah, great <laughs> so, happy for it. So, John, let, let me begin this way and then uh, Anthony will uh, pick up with his question. We saw the tremendous weekend rally President Trump had in South Carolina. I have said all along the nomination belongs to him and that I strongly believe he has a solid chance of returning to the White House. Did I say anything that does not appear to be true here? No, you're right in that. And by the way, full disclosure, I still work for President Trump, and and I've worked for him for quite a while now. But but you're right, because, you know, I mean, to get 50,000 people out when it's 90 degrees, I mean, the country, that tells you something. The country wants to change. And we just released a, a national survey just over a week ago where he was beating Joe Biden 49-44 among the, uh, uh, among the likely voters, 1,000 likely voters nationally. And we never saw that. And on our website, McLaughlinOnline.com, uh, back in 2016, back in 2020, we were losing to Hillary Clinton in the national popular vote, and we were losing to uh, Joe Biden. And it was always a battleground state electoral victory that we were playing for. And we always said we could win, but it was going to be really close because it was it was that narrow margin. But now you got the real clear politics average where Trump's actually ahead, and you've got polls that, you know, like ABC, Washington Post, uh, uh, on the average Harvard Harris, uh, uh, Rasmussen reports. These polls are showing us winning 
the uh, uh, the national popular vote. And uh, it's mainly because 70 percent of Americans in this last national poll that we had, 67 percent actually think the country's on the wrong track. They think the economy is getting worse, not better. Uh, Joe Biden's disapproval rating is 56. So Donald Trump looks pretty good to a lot of voters right now. It's buyer's remorse. John, what, what you know, polls are pretty static at about this time. And, and I, I pointed out earlier in the program that if you add up the South Carolina home candidates, Nikki Haley and Tim Scott, mm-hmm. they are trailing um, Trump by about 40 points in, in South mm-hmm. Carolina. But polls yeah. are going to be pretty static. When is the first time you're going to start seeing kind of any kind of movement from where it is? Everyone always says, oh, it's early, it's early, it's early, and it is. This is a quiet time of the year, and we're a year out. When are the times that, that listeners should start to say, all right, now you're going to start seeing things change? Is it when guys start advertising, or is it even lo- longer than that? Or is this going to be the state of play for some time now? Well, it's, uh, it's pleasantly surprising me that, that Trump is as strong as he is at this point, because remember back in January, I had to go see him in November and December a couple times down Mar-a-Lago and say we ought to be focused on Joe Biden because his job record is terrible. And and the president did that, but people weren't sure he's running. So back in January, in the Republican primary, in a multi-candidate field, Trump was only leading the field 42 to 31 for DeSantis, Pence at five, everybody else single digits. Now in this last poll, I've got him at I've got Trump at 51. DeSantis is down to 19. Uh, uh, 52, pardon me, to 20. DeSantis is down to to, uh, to 20, and then five and five. And in Iowa, in Iowa, among the likely caucus goers, I've got Trump at 51, DeSantis at 19, Tim Scott at nine. And one on one, Trump against uh, DeSantis in January, I had Trump ahead 52-40. Now, one on one, Trump against uh, uh, Trump against DeSantis at 68-32. So he's gone up, and you can't – the elephant in the room, you can't ignore is that, I mean, Joe Biden has crossed the line. When he ordered his Justice Department to indict Donald Trump, um, basically he got a reaction from Republicans saying no, and most Americans are saying this is political. He's indicting his leading political opponent. I was just in Europe with clients in democracies over Central Europe, and they were saying this is what the communists used to do. And they're, they're, they're in trouble because – that war between Russia and Ukraine, they don't see an end with Joe Biden. I mean, they want that they want that war over because it's causing inflation. Uh, prices are going up for food and energy and and people are dying. Thousands of people are dying every day and they see America as weak. So so there's a I mean, we've never seen this before where when you think about we, we saw Trump's numbers go up with Biden the Biden Bragg indictment. Now we saw him go up with the Jack Smith indictment. And I, when I saw President Trump a couple of weeks ago, right after he came back from Miami, I said, you know, there's better ways to make the polls go up than this. But, you know, you're doing what you got to do. It's, it's, it's like terrible. So uh, so it, it's a unique situation in history. And Trump was always a historic president. But we've got a long way to go. But right now, his numbers are getting stronger. Dominic's uh, prediction seems to be right. So We'll, we'll we'll see. Time's running out for some of our opponents, though. Indeed. We are chatting with pollster John McLaughlin. And so, John, it, will it be Biden on the Democratic side in 2024? And if not, who? Because I'm sure Mr. Weiner will tell me that the Democratic bench is deep, but I see just the opposite. Well, Congressman, I mean, I think it's going to be 
Joe Biden. And and Congressman Weiner would know better than I do because he's still in a lot of elite Democrat circles. But I, I would say, you know, when Joe Biden, uh, his Justice Department did the deal for uh, Hunter Biden that he gets. Uh, and, and again, I'm not a lawyer, but Anthony's a lawyer. But he, when he, they did that deal, they protect him from a lot of other charges. And he's got a plea bargain that he's going to get where he won't have to serve jail time. So they, they sewed that up. Plus, uh, there was the child custody case going on for Hunter Biden in Little Rock, Arkansas. He had the, the mother of the, of the girl that he, that's his daughter, was suing him for child support. And they sewed that up on the same day, too. So when you start tying things like that together again so it doesn't hurt you, he's playing to win. And although he looks very vulnerable in the primary because in a multi-candidate field, he, he's only about a quarter of the vote. Nobody's running. You need somebody to run against them to beat them. And right now, it's Robert Kennedy Jr. is the only credible candidate, and it's a long shot. So uh, I, w- I would defer to Anthony on this one. Well, I, I mean, it's it's funny you say that Biden and Trump is strong and Biden is weak because we have high inflation, we have a discontent in the economy, we have a war going on in Ukraine. Sounds a little bit like, uh, wait for it, midterm elections 2022 when the Democrats did surprisingly well. But let me ask you a question about your field. And, and by the way, I think you're exactly right. Joe Biden is he's an incumbent president. We don't let that kind of stuff. You know, I, I think he's I think he's weak to everyone except for Donald Trump. And and I think both candidates have their flaws. But I think we're going to see a rematch whether we like it or not. But let me ask you about one particularly peculiar element of, of the race on your side. And that is, what is Chris Christie up to? It seems to me like he's getting, he's, it's a love affair. If, if, if you go and, and look who loves him, it's all these Democrats say, oh, yeah, you're taking a run at Donald Trump. Donald Trump, when, when, when I looked at, at, at the last YouGov poll, he is, has a, a combined favorable of like 70% with the, with the Republican voting base. What is Chris Christie thinking? Um, he just wants, he, it, it, he, I mean, he's pretty nasty and negative. He, he can't win himself, but he's just trying to attack Donald Trump. So it's, it, it looks personal, and there's no reason for it except that, that he doesn't like Donald Trump. But is so, there an anti-Trump lane that he's identifying that I don't see? It's getting smaller and smaller. <laughs> it's down to six. He got 1% in the Fox News poll, Chris Christie, which means if it's plus or minus 3%, he could be a minus 2. Yeah. So <laughs> that's that's the anti-Trump lane. And it's it's... You know, as long as Joe Biden is president, the the the, the Republicans want him out, and and most Americans are favoring Donald Trump right now. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's just it's not it's not a real lane. I mean, it's just it just looks personal, and and it's it's not going anywhere. Donald Trump is is Donald Trump is surging. He's getting stronger, and you know, right now, like I said, it's, time's running out for his opponents because you got Sanders going down. Sanders has lost like half the support since January. And what he's doing is he's losing moderates to people like uh, Tim Scott and Nikki Haley. They're, Tim Scott's the one who, like, we had him at nine in Iowa. He's actually going up inside the moderate Republican lane, but it's with a positive message. It's not with a negative anti-Trump message. And in fact, on a lot of things, he says he supports Donald Trump. We are chatting with pollster John McLaughlin. So I guess the the big question, John, this morning is, uh, as we wrap this up, President Trump's potential vice president picks. Do you believe anybody has an edge right now? Who do you see? Could it possibly, because DeSantis has no shot at the nomination. Could it be DeSantis? 
Well, there's only one person you got to pull on those picks, and that's Donald Trump. And I, I don't think he would pick. He, I don't think he would make a pick until we secure the nomination next year. And we see what the general election field looks like. So, uh, because last time it came down to Rudy Giuliani, Newt Gingrich, and uh, uh, Mike Pence, and ultimately he picked Mike Pence. But this time around, there's lots of there's lots of eligible uh, candidates that would strengthen us in the general election. And I think he'll make that decision after we secure the nomination. But it's, I mean, you, you do kind of get the vibe. Maybe you, you probably can't say this since you're on the inside. It seems like some of the candidates, Nikki Haley, Tim Scott, there is a little bit of running for vice president vibe about some of the candidates in the race. Wouldn't you agree? Um, I would think so. I, and I would think he's probably going to support somebody who's running a more positive campaign who supports his agenda. So, you know, I mean, that's what most Republicans in the field are, are saying. They, they agree with Donald Trump. The ones who say they don't, uh, you know, that's Chris Christie at 1 percent. Asa Hutchinson in that Fox News poll had, or uh, another poll said zero. So it's like, you know, you're not going to pick somebody who's going to hurt you. That's for sure. So, well, John, it's it's well, always a a, a a privilege to chat with you. We appreciate you joining us this morning, pollster John McLaughlin. Thanks, John. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. And, and keep those ratings up for Sid. While there you go. <laughs> Sid will be back on Wednesday. Sid and Friends in the Morning, 77 WABC. Dominic Carter, Anthony Weiner in for Sid Rosenberg. Sid has the day off. I believe this is out of touch. Is this is this a song? I'm out of touch. You're out of touch. Come on, Anthony. This is this is this is Dominic's theme song for me talking about migrants. <laughs> You're out of touch. <laughs> and let the church say Amen, <laughs> brother Anthony Weiner. So you can hear the sound out there. People getting ready for their barbecues. Oh. Getting all their supplies. But so it's I, hot, I, so hot, I, I, I had an experience. So the, last weekend I was out visiting my brother. He lives out in, in East Hampton. He lives there full time. He has a restaurant out there called Almond. Used to have one here in the city. Closed up under Mayor Adams. They couldn't make a go of it. It was actually more because he was on 21st Street in the Flatiron area. He was there for 15 years. And because those office buildings are largely still empty and he yes. relies so much on the lunch crowd. So anyway, I'm out there, and uh, he's cooking for me, which is great. He's an amazing chef. And he says, I just need you to bring over dessert and bring over some drinks. And so I go to the neighborhood, whatever the version of bodega is in the Hamptons. Just, it's not really a bodega because everything <laughs> costs way too much, and they don't have a bodega cat. And so I grab some bottles of seltzer, the different flavors. You're a seltzer guy. You have seltzer, different flavors. And I bring it over, and you know, I didn't know what anyone liked, so I got a few different flavors. And I plop them down on the counter. And my brother says to me, this can't be real. I'm like, what are you talking about? I said, you look at this flavor. And I'm like, it's cranberry. He says, no, not that one. I said, oh, this is lemon lime. He says, no, not that one. And then there's one, and I kid you not, it's a vintage seltzer, and the flavor is seedless watermelon. Not watermelon, Dominic. Seedless, seedless watermelon. So now that's funny in and of itself, but I got to thinking, how do they grow a seedless watermelon? Because you need a seed to plant, to grow the plant. If it's seedless watermelon, Diego, pay attention here. We need a science. We need a science major here. You have seedless watermelons. How do you grow them? Mm -hmm. I'm asking okay. you the question. Now, now, where are you going with this? I, I am 
my mind is blown, and I cannot figure it out. Because... Oh, you're my best friend. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. From my friends. 77 WABC. And good morning, folks. Dominic Carter here with Anthony Weiner. We are in for Sid Rosenberg. Sid has the day off. He'll be off for today and tomorrow. Hey, I hope you're planning for a wonderful 4th of July tomorrow. And, Mr. Weiner, it is hot, hot, hot today. You know, I got to give credit. James Flippin did that whole story about hot dogs without making a single Weiner joke. That's right. That was not easy for him to do. He used every ounce of restraint. By the way, when I ran for office student government up in Plattsburgh State, my slogan was, vote for Wiener, he'll be frank. <laughs> and what else? I, had, uh, I also had vote for, vote for Wiener, he's on a roll. And, there was mm. one, and vote for Wiener, he'll relish your vote. Those are my three so campaign slogans. Were you the same politician in college that you were when you got out of college? Well, put it this way. I didn't, I didn't, win, that, I didn't win that race. Mm. I didn't win that race. Uh, and sit on sports, sponsored by Peerless Boilers, the best built boiler. Uh, the world's best-built boiler. We would normally have Sid doing sports here. We did plenty of sports. We want to thank Mike Didino for coming in and helping us through that. And I want to thank you for having me on. This really is, for me, being a week- weekend guy, I do a show called The Middle on 2 to 3 on Saturdays. You're a, the consummate pro. You and Curtis have given me a lot of mentorship, and I really am grateful for that. For me, this is like you know filling in a little bit on this show, which is this is the flagship show on our station. And you know I like to think that every – Every weekday show, there should be at least one middle-aged Jewish guy from Brooklyn who's hosting. But I really want to thank you for giving me the opportunity. Um, I know it's kind of jarring for people after after Sid to have Anthony Weiner on, but uh, this is a great opportunity for me to to get a little time behind the microphone in a prime slot. And I'm well, grateful it, to it's you. nothing to thank me for, as you know. The the folks that make it all possible for all of us around here happens to be Margot Katsimatidis and John Katsimatidis. John Katsimatidis will be here tomorrow with you and Curtis Sliwa on the morning show. So you said to me all morning long, right, that one we disagreed on migrants, right? Right. We'll, we'll and, just, we'll, and based on the board, people agree with you. <laughs> OK, well, we'll, we'll, leave, we'll leave we'll leave that alone. So we disagree on migrants. And you basically said to me that things are well crime wise. There's a spike. Currently. No, no, no. Okay. I am saying that it is the number one challenge facing our city. But as someone with a certain amount of historical perspective, like a lot mm-hmm. of our listeners go back to the 80s mm-hmm. when things were I mean, the wheels were people. We could not get people to come to the city. The city was literally on fire. It's better than that. That's all I'm saying. Mm, I do agree with that. But I'm interested in something. You know, you okay, are. But before we go to that, yeah. I got a little nugget here. So okay, go ahead. Walgreens, right? Walgreens is set to close 150 stores. Now, it's after they had a disappointing quarter three results, but they're still closing 150 stores this year. Yeah. Now, you're going to tell me that doesn't have anything to do with shoplifting? Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you that. Walgreens, Dwayne Reed, CVS, these school, these places that have these giant real estate footprints 
and people are not coming back to the cities like they were. That that those those rents no longer seem viable. Those companies are having a having a tough time. But shoplifting is a bigger problem than I ever remember it as a kid. I mean, I remember you know our idea of shoplifting where you know after PS thirty nine get out, someone would grab a Snickers bar. Now it is a wholesale thing. This whole idea you have to ring a buzzer to get shampoo and that kind of stuff. It is clearly a problem. Don't get, don't get me wrong. I mean, I was in Congress. I was a tough on crime guy. Had all the supports of the of of the police unions. All I'm saying is that it, it's important that we keep some kind of perspective on the way things used to be in this city. The city that Rudy Giuliani inherited. You had two thousand some odd mayors. Now you're in in the um, murders. Now you're in the hundreds. I'm just saying. Let's keep perspective. It's, okay. not, it's not a popular position. So I know. He, Let's so just he, keep perspective. He, here's the perspective. Here's the perspective. I hope that you agree with this, Mr. Weiner. Lock them up. Is that good enough perspective for you? Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I guess so. But I, I have to tell you something right now. It is not a, a, an offense punishable by jail to shoplift. So maybe you think that there should. Maybe we should pack the prisons of full, of, it should be. full of shoplifters. I get it. I, I get it. People, I mean, people want to be tough on crime. We swing like a pendulum wildly. And I, I agree with you and, on that. And, and, I, I agree think, with you on that. And, and, and I think that, that deterrence, having a big, a big active police department. I think another problem is that from the George Floyd protests, from the, the Black Lives Matter protests, whatever you might think of them, I think when I talk to beat cops – there is more of a sense that they are walking on eggshells now. They have lost right. a little bit of their aggressiveness. Right. And there's a lot of explanations for that. And, 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 and whose fault is that? It's hard to say whose fault it is. I think that a lot I'll of I'll tell you what it is. It's, it's the people. I didn't mean to cut you off. Continue. No, no, no. Continue. Go ahead. Look, I, I think that people have their, their – we like every profession, law enforcement, and, and, and many on the right are saying this about the FBI, about the IRS – Law enforcement, when we give someone a badge, we expect them to be accountable to the utmost behavior. And I think that's true of the police, it's true of the FBI, it's true of the IRS. And I think that if there are abuses, we should weed them out. And I think there are bad apples and good apples in all businesses, including in radio, including in politics. All of that being said, the result of those protests were that it made the – and I think another thing is – cameras everywhere people holding up cameras and and videotape this is why i was always a big supporter of body cameras for the cops so people can see the full perspective of what they but go see, through but, but listen to the perspective so we're talking about what's wrong and the first thing you said was there are good and bad in radio good and bad cops when i say what's wrong i say that we've handcuffed the police the police can't do their jobs, and the reason why they can't do their jobs is that there's this false premise out there that they're the problem. The police, I'm not worried about a police officer sticking me up or shooting me. Yeah, but no one's I'm hand- worried about a homeboy uh, doing that. Yeah, that's fair enough, but, but the, the, you know, you see we're handcuffing the police. The, the police are still being held accountable and responsible for bringing down crime. I think that still their job is to arrest people who are doing wrong and trying to deter crime no, when it happens. No, they, they're, the, not, they're not able to do their job. When you stop, stop and frisk, right? You, I, you can make the court argument, federal court. I get yeah. it. When you stop, stop and frisk. When you stop uh, the, the units, the plainclothes units, that's dead wrong. And that's yeah, but, why we have the problems that we have now. Well, we can go back to the stop and frisk. You know, the last year of stop and frisk, we had 740,000 stops of mostly African-American young men who didn't get charged with a single thing, meaning the police stopped someone who didn't commit any crime. 
Okay, so, so, so that's a problem. So wait, for those you, people, that's a problem. Okay, would you rather have stop and frisk or stay or safe streets? Which one would you Hold rather? Hold on have? a second. I first, I think that's a false choice because since we got rid of stop and frisk, crime has gone down to lowest levels in, in crime New York has history. Not gone down. No, since stop and frisk in mm-hmm. two thousand in two thousand seventeen, eighteen, and nineteen, it was the lowest levels it had ever been in the city. Mm, I, I don't, I, Anthony. I don't buy it. Seven, I, Seventeen, eighteen, and nineteen. See, the crime you, you, was very but, low. But you're, you're focusing on murders, and we no, were no, going all into crime, COVID. all okay. index crimes. All index. Okay. Seven, well, I'm saying after stop and frisk, and actually it was earlier than that. Fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. The, the crime kept going down, even though stop and frisk had been done. Because remember, who's getting stopped are people who did not commit crimes. Okay. Again. Seven hundred stops, not a single ticket. Again, nothing. Again, if you didn't commit a crime, it's not right for you to be stopped. Period. By the, wait, 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 wait. It's not right for you to be stopped. I'd rather you be stopped than have the crime that we have on the street. Well, now. I if that's the cho- that's the false choice, and that's the choice that's always made from anyone who who wants to take away someone's civil liberties. It's always well, you got to do this. Listen, you can have the safest street imaginable if you have someone in every corner giving giving you a pat down. We don't live in that country. And I want to tell you, you're I should be asking you this question because I'm Which a mid- I'm a middle class whether I want I'm fine with stopping frisk. I'm a middle class white guy. No one's stopping me, pal. Right. They're stopping people to look 100%. like me. A hundred percent. But notice who, I'm cool with it. I understand, but but, and why am I cool with well, it? But hold on a second. But but if you are someone who is getting stopped, and that 700,000 number, I'm not saying those people and then 10% had committed crimes or had a gun. No, those are people that got 250s written on them, meaning this is what a stop is. It's a 250. It's a form called a 250 that had no ticket, no summons, no evidence, nothing. Those are people that did nothing. So those police officers are stopping those people instead of getting the bad guys. Okay, okay, but wait a minute now. So then if your argument holds water... Then why are many African Americans stating bring back stop and frisk? I'm talking about people in Harlem. Oh, I, I, I agree with this 100. When, when when I when I ran for office and I was a congressman, the toughest people on crime were middle class African Americans or, or lower middle class. So African what does that tell you? Well, it tells me that people want the police out there. They want them cracking down on crime. But I have to tell you, if you are one of those people that is getting stopped day in and day out, and, the, and you're not reducing crime by doing that because we saw crime kept going down after they got rid of stop and frisk, then I think it's a false choice. I want my cops stopping people who did crimes. Stop and frisk was about people who had not done any crime. That's the problem. But, but it took a lot of guns off the street. Well, yes, you can take a lot of guns off the street by stopping every single person on the street. That's not the city we live in. There has to be reasonable, articulable uh, evidence that a but, crime has been but committed. Anthony, but they, you know, we want to get to affirmative action. But but the police are going to go to where the crimes are being committed. I would hope they do. I would hope they do. But that's not the issue. The issue is if you're told to go round up everyone in a neighborhood because there's a lot of crime here, I don't think that's the country we want to live in. And isn't that the conservative position? Aren't we skeptical of a big, powerful state that takes away our rights? I thought we were. Mm. That's the conservative I, position. I, 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 but let me ask you about this. You know, this okay. is actually a good jumping off point because okay, you're a perfect let's, person. Let's to jump. Expert. Let's jump. You know, jump, you and jump, I jump to you it. and I. You and I are. I can talk about. And, and John McLaughlin said I was a lawyer. I'm not. You and I can talk about affirmative action from from an academic perspective. You have a lived experience with this. So when yes. you see the Supreme Court struck down and struck this down, was your reaction? Amen. More power to them. I, you know, or tell me about your experience with affirmative action. I don't believe that it's that it's helpful to all of us as a society 
if something is based on race. So the Supreme Court was right in the action that it took. But now, wait, wait, there's a second part to that. As I said earlier, we've got to find a way to diversify or continue to diversify college campuses. It's good for the white students to have black kids there. It's good for everybody to have a diversified environment. The way you get around the affirmative action argument, as I said earlier, is you do it via based on income, right? A guy like me, Anthony, would have never, and I attended five high schools in four years, I would have never been accepted. I don't even think I would have got into a community yeah. college. Mm-hmm. And SUNY Cortland took a gamble on me, and it was a right gamble because I ended up graduating in just three years from SUNY Cortland, then going on to graduate school and I've in and, and journalism, and I've never looked back. But affirmative action, it, it, when it's solely based, it's too, it's too divisive. Yeah. But the so problem, now what's your take? Well, the thing is, remember what the Supreme Court did not strike down. This case was not about solely anything. And it wasn't about quotas. It's whether or not you can consider it at all. And it sounds to me like you're saying that, you know what, if we, if we want to get diversity, why not let the colleges do it the way that they think is right? There's plenty of ways to get around this. You can say in what they're doing in California, and by the way, the residents of California struck this down a long time ago. So what do they do in the California state schools? They say we're going to take the top 4% of every high school. We're going to guarantee admission. So if you live in a black neighborhood, the top 4% are going to be all black. You get boom. You get plenty of black students by doing it that way. Um, but here's the crazy thing about this decision, and it was 200 pages of gobbledygook. I read every word of it. They said if someone volunteers in their essay that they're a person of color, the school can consider it. They said that if you're the military academies, they can still use it as a consideration. So they're saying if it's good to have a diverse officer corps, isn't it also good to have a diverse police department or a diverse teaching corps or diverse university professors? I just think – that the, 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 this is one of the reasons why I think people are skeptical of the Supreme Court right now is that if you want to say that we no longer want to have racially diverse institutions, then just say that you're not allowed to have, you're not allowed to do anything. But we all know that it ultimately benefited your, your classmates by having you in that classroom. And I say, let's leave our hands off. Supreme Court, let people, if a college wants to try to figure out a way to get diversity, they should be allowed to do you, it. You know what's interesting? Uh, quick story. We've got to take a break here. So you mentioned that it helped benefit the other kids. I can give you a direct example of this. So a young man by the name of Ted Demi, right? I go up to Cortland, right? And Ted says to me, he's white. The whole campus was white. And he says to me, Dominic, I'll cut you a deal. You want to be on the college radio station. I'll teach you how to do that. You teach me some of the black things from your community. <laughs> but but th- but here's why this is important. So I teach Ted some of the stuff that comes natural to me. He teaches me how to be a radio broadcaster. Ted Demi, I didn't know that his uncle was Jonathan Demi, the movie director. Ted Demi graduates from college, goes on to MTV, and this white kid starts Yo MTV Raps. Wow. That brought that brought rap music to the entire world. Yeah. And so so there's a there's a direct benefit Look, here, right there. Here's here's my experience growing up in New York City. We have nothing but diversity here. 
We have nothing but diversity. We bounce off each other like molecules in a microwave, but we're better because of that diversity. And here are you and me, Ebony and Ivory, on the radio this morning. <laughs> this is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Now, this is one of my favorite songs. Great song. Wait, Anthony, you know about this? It's a great song, yeah. You know about this? What you know about this, Mr. Wiener? Oh, come on. That's, I, I, I grew up in, in the 70s and the 80s. This was, you know. <laughs> Anthony Wiener knows about To Be Real. For real? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, you know, you, I, I, I think I cut my teeth in music at the best time. There was still a little 60s going on. The 70s was not a high mark for, but you still had the, the great acts of the 60s were still around. Mm-hmm. And then the 80s, the 70s, by the way, I had a disco sucks thing. I, I, was into, <laughs> I was into Kiss. I had the worst taste. I was into Kiss. Wait, wait. Here's the best part. Here's the best yeah. part, Anthony. Wait, wait, wait. We got to listen to this part, folks. We got to listen. Anthony really knows this. Look yeah. at Anthony no, Weiner doing stop his it. brother stop dance. It. Stop it! I see you over there. Stop it! Stop it! I didn't know you could this dance, a good thing Anthony. That, it's, it's a good thing now the cameras on, like they do for <laughs> sit show. <laughs> I didn't, you can dance, man. I, it's I don't. It, uh, the answer is no, but that doesn't stop me from doing it. I just saw you. It's kind of like singing. It's kind of like singing in the shower. We all think we're better than we are. <laughs> don't get bashful. Don't get bashful. Nah, Wait, here, here's another good part. Then we're gonna go right back to the telephone calls. What you think? Now, Curtis Lee was in the other room going, oh, my God, don't <laughs> sing. Don't sing. You can't sing. Folks, I know I can't sing. That's why I sing. You got a gift, man. You got a gift. <laughs> I don't, it ain't Wiener. singing, but you got a gift. <laughs> Anthony Weiner, Dominic Carter here with you in for Sid Rosenberg on this July 3rd, 2023. We hope that you're going to have a wonderful day. It is so hot out there, Anthony. It, you know, when I left it for, I can't believe, I still can't believe that you rode a city bike here. I know, but it was early. It was early in the morning. The sun hadn't come up yet. That is the weakness of taking the bike anywhere, is that this time of year, you're a soaking mess by the time you get to the office. And so, we, you, you know, you, you didn't lit up all these telephone calls here. Folks want to get through. We're going to go to the calls. But so, and I still want to get to your boy, Mayor Adams, and the 84-year-old woman. We, we talked about that just he a little just say, bit. He should just say sorry. He should just say sorry, he right? Just say, Move on. Look, can I tell you, you go to a town hall meeting, you got to expect people to call your names, wave fingers in your face and everything else. But I guess, look, there is a sensitivity around him being an African-American mayor in this one, I guess. Look, can I tell you, it was, you, and I, you have been around a long time in the media world. We've seen a lot more saltier exchanges than yes. that. I've seen people walk by literally with the middle finger. Yeah, I mean, totally. I mean, people call you names. And, and you Koch know, used to get it. You, I mean, listen, you, you think I, and since I, you know, I, you know, I ran for mayor when I had a big sex scandal going on. Believe me, I've heard a lot. But if you go to a town hall meeting, one of the reasons, one of the things that people look for is you being cool in the face of fire. And I think that he failed it. But it's not so bad. And maybe you disagree with this. It's kind of like they say it's not the crime, it's the cover up. It's not losing your temper is not necessarily the problem. People lose their temper. And and when you're the mayor, you don't check your temper at the door. But it's not saying sorry when you have a day to think about it. 
You dial it back a little bit. He had a chance to say he was sorry. He didn't. I invited him on the show today. He was too busy to do it. I would have suggested saying sorry is not a vice when you're a politician. People appreciate it. Right. But but Mayor Adams at this point. It's not is, his strength. He's, right. He's, <laughs> he's digging in his heels. And if he feels that he's attacked racially, he's going to come at you. But he's, all all mayors have moments and the press is on the high alert for them. Rudy had these two. All mayors have these times when they lose their temper, they get a little prickly, and that's to be expected. The cameras are always on you. You're going to have those weaknesses. And we have, you know, I'm in a program recovery that is all about the idea of when, you know, you're always taking an inventory, and when you're wrong, promptly admit it. That's, that's something we can all live by. Let's go back to the telephone calls. Denise has been holding for a while. Denise, are you still with us? Yes, I am enjoying listening to you both. Well, and great. Thank I have you. To say I'm a big Dominique Carter fan, and I don't often get a chance to listen to you because you're on very late. But um, I just want to say, um, Anthony, <laughs> the big difference to me in crime between the 80s when the crack epidemic was going on and now is that there is increasing there's an increasing lack of civility. And what I noticed is that after the riots of Black Lives Matter, where you had powerful people either supporting the violent behavior or completely ignoring it, there was a change. And when you talk about stop and frisk and how it was wrong, yes, perhaps they did not... um, carry it out properly. But I do believe that resulted in a decrease in crime. It takes a while for the word to get out in the streets that you will no longer be prosecuted if you commit crimes such as shoplifting. It takes a little while for that to trickle down. But eventually, once the message is sent that it's okay to commit crime, and if you're a Black person, You can do this. You're justified in doing this because you have been wronged in the past and you're off to the races. Yeah, but I I, got to tell you, Denise, thank you for the the call and the kind words. I I agree with you on a couple of elements here. One, I do think that 99.9% of the protests going on around the events of protesting George Floyd were peaceful. But I do think the people on my side of the aisle and my should have stood up loudly when that one percent were looting and were and were being violent. I think that's exactly right. I think that civility dictates protesting is American. Vandalism is something that should be punished. I I got a question for you. And and Denise is still with us. I got a question for you, Mr. Weiner, And I I appreciate what she just articulated. No one likes no one uh, approves of what happened to Mr. Floyd. No one. Right. But, Anthony, I really want you to explain this to me. Why was he held up as a martyr, as a hero? Because he was murdered by police. Okay, but what, wait, about, wait, his, I, okay, but what about his life prior to yeah, the day but, before? But, you know, we, we, the, 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 whatever his life was prior did not change the fact that we all got to see a man murdered by someone who was acting on our behalf as, as someone who we gave a badge to, we gave a gun to, we gave them authority, and we trained them. And they murdered that man. So the the issue isn't the the issue is is should if he had the death penalty because of whatever life he lived. And the answer is if that's the case, it's by the court of his of his peers. We have a constitution in this country, so that's why people responded the way they did. Overwhelmingly, they responded the way the, the way they did. Now, 
Just the same way after the riots of the 1960s broke out all around this country, we saw a rise in crime because law enforcement stepped back. These are complicated things. But one thing I want to point out that, that, that I mean, Denise makes a good point about civility. But remember, people are stealing small amounts and going out and selling them, by and large, because we have a drug crisis here where you can buy small amounts of fake of, of fentanyl-laced drugs for small amounts of money. Just the same thing that spiked the, no, the, the crimes. They, they're in, buying in, in, smaller amounts because they know that there's no criminal liability. No, no, no. When people deal with addiction, and I lost my brother to addiction, I suffer from I'm addiction. I'm sorry to hear that. No, but I, that's not the, the, the point is when people suffer from addiction and, you know, and, they're, and they're stealing to support it, it spikes all kinds of other crimes. And when you see zombies out on the street, those people are hyped up on fentanyl. When you see people dying on the street, those people are dying on fentanyl. All of these things... By and large, people are not making a calculation, oh, I'm not going to get – now, they know they're not going to get punished. I'm not saying that that's, that's not the case. I'm saying that when people are, are selling shampoo out on the street, it's probably to support a drug habit. The same thing that spiked crime in the 1980s around the crack epidemic. I, I hear you. Denise, we thank you for the call. We have a lot of calls, so I do have to move on. I, I still, Mr. Weiner, I know you, you've got to toss to something. I still – what happened to George Floyd was horrible. It, to me, it's almost equally reprehensible that he was held up as a martyr, well, particularly to a community that should not be looking at I, this I, man I, like he was a martyr because he wasn't. He was a criminal. I don't think people say George Floyd was a, was a hero. I think what happened to George Floyd was endemic of a larger thing in our society. We watched a man get murdered basically on live TV, and whether the guy was, was, a, 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 was someone who had a spotty background doesn't change that fact. The w, it's the time for the WABC clip of the day. Listen to John Katzmatidis on the Cats Roundtable, where common sense prevails. Congressman King, uh, what keeps you up at night these days? Our country is changing, and not for the better. Listen, I realize times are always going to change. The country is never going to be the same it was when we were growing up, or our fathers, or our grandfathers. But despite the changes over the years, it's always kept its basic fabric or its basic beliefs. I just think now we're going off the deep end. Uh, everyone becomes a victim. Everyone becomes entitled to something. And uh, I, for instance, I fully support the Supreme Court decision, even though there's such a backlash against it, uh, as far as college admissions. Race should not be the factor. And that's Congressman Peter King. I was supposed to tell you that going into that. Always telling both sides of the story every Sunday morning, starting at 8 o'clock. That's John Katzmatidis, the Cats Roundtable. Listen anytime on the 77 WABC app. And we are now going to take a break. We see all of your calls that are coming in. Oh, there we go with the music again. Dominic Carter here with Anthony Weiner. Sid Rosenberg has the day off. Sid and friends. Tomorrow in this very chair will be the great owner-operator of WABC, John Katsimatidis with and, Anthony Weiner. And, and, and Wednesday Curtis morning, Wednesday morning, I'm going to be in for Frank uh, Frank Morano overnight. That's get right. all wow. the Anthony Weiner you want so anyone doesn't get up. Uh, we, we don't get a chance to put on the air. You can always call in over the overnight and uh, give it your best wiener jokes. So let me see your wiener dance as we toss to the break. Here. Not, Let's see. I learned my lesson. Anthony, one, Diego, two. One, Diego, two. Get one, us out two. of here. Get us one, out of here. One, two. We'll be right back, folks. Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers Stay Clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save big money at Menards. 
Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. <laughs> All right, some kiss. There you go. We are back. Anthony Weiner, Dominic Carter, and Sid was supposed to be on today. Sid Rosenberg with Dr. Arthur Torvets. Uh, but he will be on with Dr. Torvets on Wednesday morning. And for more information on New Jersey Diet, go to NewJerseyDiet.com. And listen up to WBC listeners. ARP of New York is sending you to the Staten Island Ferry Hawks. That's right. Get ready to enjoy an unforgettable day at the ballpark. Because we have a pair of tickets to give away for the July 23rd Staten Island Ferry Hawks, owned by our very own John Katsimatidis. That game will take, they'll take on the Lexington Counterclocks. That cannot be a real name. I, they are just trying to see if I can read, if I'll read any copy they put in front of me. <laughs> if you're the seventh caller right now, 800-848-9222, a pair of tickets will be yours. That's 800-848-WABC. Be the seventh caller, and you'll get a pair of tickets for that game. Learn how you can volunteer with AARP of New York. Visit aarp.org slash volunteer with AARP New York. And good luck to all of you. We'll be choosing one of those, the seventh caller. And this is KISS playing your Detroit Rock City. All right. Gene Simmons, Ace Freely, Peter Chris, and Paul Stanley. So you're a man of your music. You like KISS, you like reggae. But this is embarrassing. You see, this is, I'll tell you, so I'm into KISS. Right. And my brother Jason, who's three years younger than I, he's listened to the Beatles. He's so much cooler than I am. Mm. Um, I actually once dressed as Gene Simmons and went to Junior High School 51 to, in, to impress a girl. What was her name? I want to say it was Damaris Cruz. That mm. might be the name. Mm. That's, that's the kind of that's the kind of kid. I wore my hair really long. Ah, okay. Talking okay. about Jufro, I had to wear a headband to hold it down. If Fran Wiener's listening right now, I wonder why she let me go out of the house dressed like that. But... Uh, it also explains why there are no pictures in the Wiener household of me during that period. <laughs> Let's go back to the telephone calls. 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Sid Rosenberg has a day off. Dominic Carter here with you. Anthony Wiener. And let's go to uh, Rainey, I believe, on Long Island. Good morning to you, Rainey. What's on your mind? Rainey, are you with us? Rainey, are you there? Okay, Rainey's not there. Let's go to Max in the Bronx. Good morning, Max. What's on your mind? Hey, Dominic. I grew up on 143rd and 3rd Avenue in Patterson Projects. Three brothers and me. We've, we've all been stopped a half dozen times each. We never complained. The police were courteous, respectful, never had a problem. Well, don't, don't, hey, 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 Max, hey, don't, don't tell me. Tell, 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 uh, tell Mr. Weiner. No, let me, let, let, let me hear the rest of your story, Max. I want to, uh, hey, Mr. Weiner. I picked you up on my M15 bus twice. I, I saw you in the morning. My wife is a nurse in Beth, Israel, 18 years. My daughter goes to the high school on 15th Street. So I pick them up every day. You say crime is down or whatever you say, you're delusional. I see it every day. I see the Target. I see the CVS. I see the lot store. I, I see Burlington and, and, and Nordstrom's. I see these guys walking out with big bags of whatever they're stealing, how could you say that? And another thing is, you guys, you liberals, have turned that neighborhood into a cesspool. You're okay with it. The bums can't go into into Peter Peter Cooper Village and, and do all their garbage because the security runs them out. So if you're okay with them, why aren't they allowed inside of Stuyvesant Well, County hold on a Cooper second. Village? Hold on, Max. 
turn that neighborhood into – are you forgetting what Tompkins Square Park used to be when Rudy Giuliani came? It was literally occupied territory. Now, it's not amazing right now. When I walk through with Jordan, there are, there are parts of that park that are shooting galleries and, and the pot stores everywhere. I have real problems with it. And the shoplifting, you're not going to get any disagreement from me. I'm not comparing it to Nirvana. I'm comparing it to the 80s when you literally had occupied parks – you had buildings that were occupied by squatters. We don't have that. We have our challenges. And if I were mayor, I'm not saying I'm running, if I were mayor, I would, have, I would have done differently than Mayor Adams. I would have gone to the city council and said, I want to hire 500 new cops, 500 different correction officers, and 1,000 more people to go patrol the streets for, uh, for mental health issues. I would do things differently. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is I grew up, Max, you, know, you sound like you're, you, you, you've been around town a little while. I'm saying in the 80s where you would walk out, walk down your street, and every car would have its windshield busted out for people looking for loose change in there. It's just a different – it's less than it used to be. I can tell you something. These guys shoot up right in front of the IHOP. They shoot up right in front of the IHOP. Yeah. What are you, Mr. Lena, no, no, no. shoot up in front of the IHOP. Matt, I get it. We have, a, we, we have a terrible drug problem. We have a crime problem in the city. And I and, and, and I, I'm not I'm not look, I am not saying it's not a problem. I don't understand why we can't hold both thoughts at the same time, Dominic. Why yeah, you we, know why you why, know why, why we you can't why, say things you know are better why, but also you, you things know are why? Bad. Because with much love, Anthony, it, it, it to say that, that that crime is not a serious issue is I, is that's is, not what I is, said. No, that's not I'm I'm paraphrasing. Uh you're out there more than I am in the city of New York, but I, I don't see how you can reach that conclusion. Uh, but I mean, but uh, you, you can't paraphrase it wrong. I'm not saying crime is not a problem. I'm saying that it is. All I'm doing is making comparison as a 59-year-old man, as someone who has lived I'm in the city in a while. It's who's as lived- bad today as, than as no it's ever been. No, than but by the way, been. do you, you want to know who would disagree with that? Rudy Giuliani would disagree with that. Well, I, we wish, were, I we, wish the mayor was here right not, now, no, but you, and I wish he was the mayor of this city right now, because if he was, we wouldn't have these problems. But if you, because Rudy would put these animals in check. Well, hold on a quick second. Hold on a quick second. Let's remember something. It was actually David Dinkins and that Peter Vallone and, all of, and that, all of us, the taxpayer, right. that made this the largest paramilitary force in the United States. Right. You know, we talk about the, the, the Wagner group marching through the, through the streets of Russia. You know, we have more cops than Wagner has soldiers. We are, we have and a, we need more. I just said, what did I just get done saying? Okay. If I would do that, I would hire okay. more cops, more correction officers, and more people to patrol and, the streets. And take the handcuffs off of them. Take the handcuffs off of them. I would defy Do more stop and frisk. Bring back the undercover units and let them do what they do. I guarantee you within six months, crime would would go down to record levels again. I can bring crime down to zero if I want to. I can put someone on every single street corner and I can I can search people as they go. We can put metal detectors at every corner. We don't live in that kind of a society. We balance. Okay, okay. We balance. Okay, you're right. We don't live in that type of society. So, so society. So how about this? Just get rid of the homeless people and the mentally ill on the subway. How about that? Let's don't, just don't throw your hands up. What do you up. mean get rid of the homeless people? Get rid people? of them. What do you get mean rid get of rid of them? It's very simple what I just said. Get rid of them. What do you mean get rid of these human beings? Round them up and get rid of them. What do you mean? I, wait, I didn't stutter. You're, you're gesturing to the outside. Where are you, right. where are you going to put I'm them? Say, these are, they, put, I don't care where you put them. Put, put them, put them in, the, in the hospitals. Put them on Rikers. Get you, rid of you, them. You, okay, we, we don't. The way that we get rid of people is by arresting them. Do you want to arrest them? If, if that if that's 
If that's what needs to be done, okay. then arrest them. In that case, pass a law saying you're not allowed to be homeless. No. That's, you, that's you, what we do in know. America. We don't just round oh. them up. Make it make it against the law. Oh. Make it against the law to be a homeless person on the street. And I mean, now they're they're. By the way, why do you think that these that these guys? Um, hey man, you, what do you think? I, cops I'm gonna tell do you what right I now? tell Curtis Lewa. I'm gonna tell you what I tell Curtis Lewa. I love you, man. I, I'm gonna tell you what I tell Curtis. Don't look at me like that. I'm telling you, I love you, man. You you, you came you in too, here. Brother. I love you. Came you. In here, Ebony you, you and did, Ivory. Yeah, but but your politics as a progressive. Oh. It's not. It's not a progressive thing. I'm conservative when it comes to this stuff. I don't believe this that, is conservative. I don't believe the state should have the right to round up citizens off the streets. No, that's that's a conservative. Wait, I believe okay, it's small government. Oh, wait, oh, wait, wait. So Penn Station, for example. And again, you know these issues better than nine and a half out of ten people. You're telling me, Mister Weiner, the homeless should have the right to walk around harassing people. No, harassing is against the law. You can be arrested for that. Okay, but the, if you talk to the police at the Port Authority, Curtis will tell you this. The cops will tell you. If you ask the cops to enforce the law, at, wait at a minute. Harassment. Most most homeless the, people the are cops, not harassing anybody. Okay, when when you when you walk up to somebody demanding money, when somebody's in the bathroom at a urinal and you're homeless and you walk up. Right behind them. They, you don't know if they're going to shake you. Their rights end where yours begin. You have a right to be safe. You have a right to be comfortable. You, But you don't have a right to round up another citizen just because you don't like the way they look. Well. I mean, unless you want to pass a law. I'm, I'm a conservative. I believe in, in harnessing and pulling back a central government who thinks they can go out and arrest people. And by the way, ask people what they think about the FBI, what they think about the IRS. Americans agree with me. The government, giving someone they a do, government a badge and a, a, a badge and a weapon and saying you have rights to round up our citizens and infringe upon their rights. No, I believe in the Constitution. And so I just want to make sure I understand you correctly here. So you feel that the homeless should be able to just walk around the streets? And- I, I believe Americans should be able to walk around the streets, yes. Whether they have a home or not, they have the right to walk the streets. Wow. Wait a minute, wow. You agree, You we, believe that too. We, you don't no, no, that I so, don't. So no, what, I don't. So what no, are we going to start having people arresting people because they, 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 they're, 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 they're shoveled? See, you're, you're taking it to an extreme. What, well, you're what? the one that said round them up. Okay. And, no, no, and, and I you mean gestured it. like this out the window. <laughs> and I mean it. And I mean it. Well, tell because, me how that looks. Because, because, Anthony, why should we have to tolerate this? What do you mean we have to tolerate another human being walking the street? Yes, unfortunately, you do. Life doesn't oh. guarantee you that, that you get to have sanitized streets. Okay, so wait. So wait. So I, I should have to get on a subway car. Where somebody at the other end may be defecating. No, that's they, against the law. No, you definitely uh, do not. It happens every day. Uh, I, th- that's, that person is violating the law, and we should pr- prosecute them accordingly. That's not what you're saying. You're saying round up mentally ill people. The mentally ill people are victims of crime far more than they're committing crimes against anyone else. You don't like it because it doesn't look great. Yes, there's a lot of societies in the world that, frankly, don't have constitutions that do take people off the streets because they, they're chewing gum or take people off the streets because they don't look a certain way. We don't live in that country. We live in a country where we're protected from that. And what is the balance that we strike? Sometimes there's someone walking down the street mumbling to themselves. I talk to Jordan about this all the time. You know, and by the way... That's that. Unfortunately, is what life in the big city is like. Sometimes it's uncomfortable, it's awkward. But your rights—you have a right to be safe. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you this: we have tried it the progressive way. The progressive way doesn't work. It does not work, Mister Weiner. You can look out the window in, we live all in the you want to. Greatest country on earth. You can look out the window all you want to. The bottom line is, we've got to take a break, and when we're done with the show in ten minutes, you've got to get on your city bike and make it back home <laughs> safely. <laughs> 
This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. And we are wrapping up the morning show. Sid Rosenberg has the day off. Dominic Carter here with Anthony Weiner. And we are, you know, here are you and me, a couple of knuckleheads arguing about crime. But I don't know if this is the same Joe Esposito. But on the phone, there used to be a chief of department, Joe Esposito, who gave so much of his life to serving our city. Is that the Joe Esposito's on the line? All right, Joe, yep. great, great to have you along, pal. So, where do you come down on all this? You, you know, you know it better than both of us. Well, I want to talk about uh, the stop, question, and frisk. And I've done it, if none of you remembers, we talked when I was testifying in front of Shira Schindler. Remember that, Dominic? I do remember I, remember. I do. Yeah, and I think and I think I turned your your opinions a little bit on. I think we had a very, very good talk, I think. But here's, what, here's the point I think you're missing. Stop, question, and frisk. The thing you always ask, what we always ask is, oh, they all, nobody got arrested. You arrested 1,000 people. And only two people got arrested. Well, guess what? How many crimes do you do you prevent by by stopping that person who you know is a bad guy and saying, "Hey, what are you doing today?" I see Johnny Jones walking down the street. I'm anti-crime. I'm a I'm a patrol officer. I know the guy. I know he's a he's a bad guy. I see him walking down the street. He's got a maybe he's got a screwdriver in his pocket. Maybe his head is spinning around. He's looking. Maybe he's car doors. I don't have enough to arrest him, but I have enough to stop him. Now I say, hey, Johnny Jones, what are you up to today? Uh, I'm okay. I'm not doing nothing. Everything's fine. That guy does not commit that crime because he knows the police are watching him. So but, you cannot measure how much. Yeah, but Chief, but Chief, many- what about the hundreds of thousands, not a few, hundreds of thousands, and this came out in the, in the trial, hundreds of thousands of 250s that are getting filled out. We stopped this guy, and we didn't find any pot. We didn't find a screwdriver. We didn't find anything. That means that that law enforcement officer who stopped because he had an articulable suspicion that a crime was either being committed or was about to be committed, he was wrong. That's, that's, that's bad. How, no, how, how, no, how do you no, defend you're it? you're wrong. You are wrong. You are wrong. We don't know what that fellow was going to do. Maybe that fellow was in process of committing a burglary, a car theft, a robbery. Maybe the actions of that officer coming attention to that person brings that that person from stopping to commit that crime. But in that case, Joe, but that's the argument. But but let let me me just ask you, that argument can be used for stopping every single American all the time. Of course, yeah, eventually you'll get zero crime. You're 100% right. You're 100% right. It can be. But we're counting on the police to use their knowledge. We want the anti-crime fellas who know who the bad guys are. We want the patrol uh, precinct officers who know the bad guys in their sector. We want them to zero it out. You know what? Go back and check all these stop and frisk reports. And I'll bet you that 99% of the people stopped by our good officers in the NYPD, I'll bet you 99% of them have some type of criminal record. This is, this is exactly what Joe, I wanted, I wanted to say. I, I, I listen. I really appreciate you calling, especially on, on this you, this holiday Chief. weekend. Yes. and I want to thank you for the 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 service that you put into this city and driving down the crime. The men and women that work beneath you. I just want to say thank you for all, for all the service that you've Amen. done to our city. Amen. And so, uh, yeah, Anthony, well, thank, you. thank you, sir. So, Anthony, we we have uh, a a minute left here. Parting thoughts of the morning. I want to tell you something. It has been, I really thank you. You know, for me, as I said this a couple of times this morning, for me, this is like a double A guy being called up to play in the majors. 
You're an absolute pro. Diego helped us get through. You know, it, I really appreciate the opportunity to, to fill in a little bit. Hopefully, a few of Sid's listeners are still left by the time I'm done with the microphone. <laughs> but I want to thank you. This has been, you know, we kid about being Ebony and Ivory. You and I really could go way back, and I, I love listening to you at night. Okay, but wait, wait. What, what's another name for us besides Ebony? And I don't like Ebony. You don't and Ivory. like that? Um, That's as bad as your seatless water. How about, how about this? How about go ahead. this? Go ahead. Kid and play. Kid and play. Which one are you? <laughs> I'm a kid. I don't know. <laughs> you're, 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 you're four months older than me. Oh, you're my best friend. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. From my friends. 77 WABC. And good morning, folks. Dominic Carter here with Anthony Weiner. We are in for Sid Rosenberg. Sid has the day off. He'll be off for today and tomorrow. Hey, I hope you're planning for a wonderful 4th of July tomorrow. And, Mr. Weiner, it is hot, hot, hot today. You know, I got to give credit. James Flippin did that whole story about hot dogs without making a single Weiner joke. That's that, right. That was not easy for him to do. He used every ounce of restraint. By the way, when I ran for office student government up in Plattsburgh State, my slogan was "Vote for Weiner, he'll be Frank." <laughs> and what else? I had. Uh, I also had "Vote for Vote for Weiner, he's on a roll." And there was mm. one and "Vote for Weiner, he'll relish your vote." Those are my three so campaign slogans. Were you the same politician in college that you were when you got out of college? Well, put it this way: I didn't. I didn't win that. I didn't win that race. Mm. I didn't win that race. Uh, and sit on sports, sponsored by Peerless Boilers, the best built boiler. Uh, the world's best-built boiler. We would normally have Sid doing sports here. We did plenty of sports. We want to thank Mike Didino for coming in and helping us through that. And I want to thank you for having me on. This really is, for me, being a weekend guy, I do a show called The Middle on 2 to 3 on Saturdays. You're a, the consummate pro. You and Curtis have given me a lot of mentorship, and I really am grateful for that. For me, this is like you know filling in a little bit on this show, which is this is the flagship show on our station. And you know I like to think that every – Every weekday show, there should be at least one middle-aged Jewish guy from Brooklyn who's hosting. But I really want to thank you for giving me the opportunity. Um, I know it's kind of jarring for people after after Sid to have Anthony Weiner on, but uh, this is a great opportunity for me to to get a little time behind the microphone in a prime slot. And I'm well, grateful it, to you. it's nothing to thank me for, as you know. The the folks that make it all possible for all of us around here happens to be Margot Katsimatidis and John Katsimatidis. John Katsimatidis will be here tomorrow with you and Curtis Sliwa on the morning show. So you said to me all morning long, right, that one we disagreed on migrants, right. Right. We'll, we'll and, just, we'll, and based on the board, people agree with you. <laughs> OK, well, we'll, we'll leave we'll leave we'll leave that alone. So we disagree on migrants. And you basically said to me that things are well crime wise. There's a spike. Currently. No, no, no. Okay. I am saying that it is the number one challenge facing our city. But as someone with a certain amount of historical perspective, like a lot mm -hmm. of our listeners go back to the 80s mm -hmm. when things were I mean, the wheels were people. We could not get people to come to the city. The city was literally on fire. It's better than that. That's all I'm saying. Mm, I disagree with that. But I'm interested in something. You know, you okay, are. But before we go to that, yeah. I got a little nugget here. So okay, go ahead. Walgreens, right? Walgreens is set to close 150 stores. Now, it's after they had a disappointing quarter three results, but they're still closing 150 stores this year. 
Yeah. Now, you're going to tell me that doesn't have anything to do with shoplifting? Okay, well, I'm going to tell you that Walgreens, Dwayne Reed, CVS, these school, these places that have these giant real estate footprints, and people are not coming back to the cities like they were, that, that those, those rents no longer seem viable. Those companies are having a, having a tough time. But shoplifting is a bigger problem than I ever remember it as a kid. I mean, I remember, you know, our idea of shoplifting where, you know, after PS39 get out, someone would grab a Snickers bar. Now it is a wholesale thing, this whole idea you have to ring a buzzer to get shampoo and that kind of stuff. It is clearly a problem. Don't get, don't get me wrong. I mean, I was in Congress. I was a tough on crime guy. Had all the supports of the of of the police unions. All I'm saying is that it, it's important that we keep some kind of perspective on the way things used to be in this city. The city that Rudy Giuliani inherited. You had two thousand some odd mayors. Now you're in in the um, murders. Now you're in the hundreds. I'm just saying. Let's keep perspective. It's, okay. not, it's not a popular position. So I know. Let's so just he, keep perspective. He, here's the perspective. Here's the perspective. I hope that you agree with this, Mr. Weiner. Lock them up. Is that good enough perspective for you? Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I guess so. But I, I have to tell you something. Right now, it is not a, a, an offense punishable by jail to shoplift. So maybe you think that there should. Maybe we should pack the prisons full of, should be. full of shoplifters. I get it. I, I get it. People, I mean, people want to be tough on crime. We swing like a pendulum wildly. And I, I agree with you and, on that. And, and, and I agree I with think, you on that. And, and, and I think that, that deterrence, having a big, a big active police department. I think another problem is that from the George Floyd protests, from the, the Black Lives Matter protests, whatever you might think of them, I think when I talk to beat cops – there is more of a sense that they are walking on eggshells now. They have lost right. a little bit of their aggressiveness. Right. And there's a lot of explanations for that. And, 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 and whose fault is that? It's hard to say whose fault it is. I think that a lot I'll of I'll tell you what it is. It's, it's the people. I didn't mean to cut you off. Continue. No, no, no. Continue. Look, look I, I think that people have they're, they're, we like every profession, law enforcement, and, and, and many on the right are saying this about the FBI, about the IRS, law enforcement, we give someone a badge. We expect them to be accountable to the utmost behavior. And I think that's true of the police. It's true of the FBI. It's true of the IRS. And I think that if there are abuses, we should weed them out. And I think there are bad apples and good apples in all businesses, including in radio, including in politics. All of that being said, the result of those protests were that it made the and, – and I think another thing is cameras everywhere, people holding up cameras and, and videotape. This is why I was always a big supporter of body cameras for the cops so people can see the full perspective of what they but go see, through. But, but listen to the perspective. So we're talking about what's wrong. And the first thing you said was there are good and bad in radio, good and bad cops. When I say what's wrong, I say that we've handcuffed the police. The police can't do their jobs. And the reason why they can't do their jobs is that there's this false premise out there that they are the problem. The police, I'm not worried about a police officer sticking me up or shooting me. Yeah, but no one's I'm hand- worried about a homeboy uh, doing that. Yeah, that's fair enough. But, but the, the, you know, you say we're handcuffing the police. The, the police are still being held accountable and responsible for bringing down crime. I think that still their job is to arrest people who are doing wrong and trying to deter crime no, when it happens. No, they, they're, the, not, they're not able to do their job. When you stop, stop and frisk, right? You, I, you can make the court argument, federal court. I get yeah. it. When you stop, stop and frisk. When you stop uh, the, the units, the plainclothes units, that's dead wrong. And that's yeah, but, why we have the problems that we have now. Well, we can go back to the stop and frisk. You know, the last year of stop and frisk, we had 740,000 stops of mostly African-American young men who didn't get charged with a single thing, meaning the police stopped someone who didn't commit any crime. 
Okay, so, so, so that's a problem. So wait, for those you, people, that's a problem. Okay, would you rather have stop and frisk or stay or safe streets? Which one would you rather? Hold on have? a second. I first, I think that's a false choice because since we got rid of stop and frisk, crime has gone down to lowest levels in, in crime New York has history. Crime not gone down. No, since stop and frisk in mm-hmm. two thousand in two thousand seventeen, eighteen, and nineteen, it was the lowest levels it had ever been in the city. Mm, I, I don't, I, Anthony. I don't buy it. Seven, I, seventeen, eighteen, and nineteen. So the you, crime you, was very but, low. But you're, you're focusing on murders, and we no, were no, going into crime, COVID. all okay. index crimes. All index. Okay. Seven, well, I'm saying after stop and frisk, and actually it was earlier than that, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. The, the crime kept going down, even though stop and frisk had been done. Because remember, who's getting stopped are people who did not commit crimes. Okay. Again. Seven hundred stops, not a single ticket, again, nothing. Again, if you didn't commit a crime, it's not right for you to be stopped. Period. The, wait, 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 wait. It's not right for you to be stopped. I'd rather you be stopped than have the crime that we have on the street. Well, now. I if that's the cho- if that's the false choice, and that's the choice that's always made from anyone who who wants to take away someone's civil liberties. It's always well, you got to do this. Listen, you can have the safest street imaginable if you have someone in every corner give, giving you a pat down. We don't live in that country. And I want to tell you, you're. I should be asking you this question because I'm Which a middle. I'm a middle class. Whether I want, I'm fine with stopping frisk. I'm a middle class white guy. No one's stopping me, pal. Right. They're stopping people. A hundred percent. But notice, who, I'm cool with it. I understand, but. But, and why am I cool with well, it? But hold on a second. But but if you are someone who is getting stopped, and that 700,000 number, I'm not saying those people and then 10% had committed crimes or had a gun. No, those are people that had 250s written on them, meaning this is what a stop is. It's a 250. It's a form called a 250 that had no ticket, no summons, no evidence, nothing. Those are people that did nothing. So those police officers are stopping those people instead of getting the bad guys. Okay, okay, but wait a minute now. So then if your argument holds water... Then why are many African Americans stating bring back stop and frisk? I'm talking about people in Harlem. Oh, I, I, I agree with this 100. When, when when I when I ran for office and I was a congressman, the toughest people on crime were middle class African Americans or, or lower middle class. So African what does that tell you? Well, it tells me that people want the police out there. They want them cracking down on crime. But I have to tell you, if you are one of those people that is getting stopped day in and day out, and, the, and you're not reducing crime by doing that because we saw crime kept going down after they got rid of stop and frisk, then I think it's a false choice. I want my cops stopping people who did crimes. Stop and frisk was about people who had not done any crime. That's the problem. But, but it took a lot of guns off the street. Well, yes, you can take a lot of guns off the street by stopping every single person on the street. That's not the city we live in. It has to be reasonable, articulable uh, evidence that a but, crime has been but committed. Anthony, but they, you know, we want to get to affirmative action. But but the police are going to go to where the crimes are being committed. I would hope they do. I would hope they do. But that's not the issue. The issue is if you're told to go round up everyone in a neighborhood because there's a lot of crime here, I don't think that's the country we want to live in. And isn't that the conservative position? Aren't we skeptical of a big, powerful state that takes away our rights? I thought we were. Mm. That's the conservative I, position. I, 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 but let me ask you about this. You know, this okay. is actually a good jumping off point because okay, you're a perfect let's, person. Let's to ask jump. This let's jump. You know, jump, you and jump, I jump to you it. and I. <laughs> you and I are. I can talk about. And, and John McLaughlin said I was a lawyer. I'm not. You and I can talk about affirmative action from from an academic perspective. You have a lived experience with this. So when yes. you see the Supreme Court struck down and uh, struck this down, was your reaction? Amen. More power to them. I, you know, or tell me about your experience with affirmative action. I don't believe that it's that it's helpful to all of us as a society 
if something is based on race. So the Supreme Court was right in the action that it took. But now wait, wait, there's a second part to that. As I said earlier, we've got to find a way to diversify or continue to diversify college campuses. It's good for the white students to have black kids there. It's good for everybody to have a diversified environment. The way you get around the affirmative action argument, as I said earlier, is you do it via based on income, right? A guy like me, Anthony, would have never, and I attended five high schools in four years, I would have never been accepted. I don't even think I would have got into a community yeah. college. Mm-hmm. And SUNY Cortland took a gamble on me, and it was a right gamble because I ended up graduating just three years from SUNY Cortland, then going on to graduate school and I've in and, and journalism, and I've never looked back. But affirmative action, it, it, when it's solely based, it's too, it's too divisive. Yeah. But the so problem, now what's your take? Well, the thing is, remember what the Supreme Court did not strike down. This case was not about solely anything. And it wasn't about quotas. It's whether or not you can consider it at all. And it sounds to me like you're saying that, you know what, if we, if we want to get diversity, why not let the colleges do it the way that they think is right? There's plenty of ways to get around this. You can say in what they're doing in California, and by the way, the residents of California struck this down a long time ago. So what do they do in the California state schools? They say we're going to take the top 4% of every high school. We're going to guarantee admission. So if you live in a black neighborhood, the top 4% are going to be all black. You get boom. You get plenty of black students by doing it that way. Um, but here's the crazy thing about this decision, and it was 200 pages of gobbledygook. I read every word of it. They said if someone volunteers in their essay that they're a person of color, the school can consider it. They said that if you're the military academies, they can still use it as a consideration. So they're saying if it's good to have a diverse officer corps, isn't it also good to have a diverse police department or a diverse teaching corps or diverse university professors? I just think – that the, 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 this is one of the reasons why I think people are skeptical of the Supreme Court right now is that if you want to say that we no longer want to have racially diverse institutions, then just say that you're not allowed to, have, you're not allowed to do anything. But we all know that it ultimately benefited your, your classmates by having you in that classroom. And I say let's leave our hands off. Supreme Court, let people – if a college wants to try to figure out a way to get diversity, they should be allowed to do you, it. You know what's interesting? Uh, quick story. We've got to take a break here. So you mentioned that it helped benefit the other kids. I can give you a direct example of this. So a young man by the name of Ted Demi, right? I go up to Cortland, right? And Ted says to me, he's white, the whole campus was white, and he says to me, Dominic, I'll cut you a deal. You want to be on the college radio station, I'll teach you how to do that. You teach me some of the black things from your community. <laughs> but, but, but here's why this is important. So I teach Ted some of the stuff that comes natural to me. He teaches me how to be a radio broadcaster. Ted Demi, I didn't know that his uncle was Jonathan Demi, the movie director, Ted Demi graduates from college, goes on to MTV, and this white kid starts Yo MTV Raps. Wow. That brought that brought rap music to the entire world. Yeah. And so so there's a there's a direct benefit Look, here, right there. Here's here's my experience growing up in New York City. We have nothing but diversity here. 
We have nothing but diversity. We bounce off each other like molecules in a microwave, but we're better because of that diversity. And here are you and me, Ebony and Ivory, on the radio this morning. <laughs> this is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Now, this is one of my favorite songs. Great song. Wait, Anthony, you know about this? A great song. Yeah. You know about this? What you know about this, Mr. Weiner? Oh, come on. That's, I, I, I grew up in the, in the 70s and the 80s. This was, you know. <laughs> Anthony Weiner knows about To Be Real. For real? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, you know, you, I, I, I think I cut my teeth in music at the best time. There was still a little 60s going on. The 70s was not a high mark for, but you still had the, the great acts of the 60s were still around. Mm-hmm. And then the 80s, the 70s, by the way, I had a disco sucks thing. I, I, was into, <laughs> I was into Kiss. I had the worst taste. I was into Kiss. Wait, wait. wait. Here's the best part. Here's the best yeah. part, Anthony. Wait, wait, wait. We got to listen to this part, folks. We got to listen. Anthony really knows this. Look yeah. at Anthony no, Weiner doing his brother stop dance. It, stop it. <laughs> I see you over there. Stop it. Stop it. I didn't know you could it's dance, a good thing Anthony. That, it's, it's a good thing to have the cameras on like they do for <laughs> Sid's show. <laughs> I didn't, you can dance, man? I it's, I don't. It, uh, the answer is no, but that doesn't stop me from doing it. I just saw you. It's kind of like, like singing in the shower. We all think we're better than we are. <laughs> don't get bashful. Don't get bashful. Nah, Wait, here, here's another good part. Then we're going to go right back to the telephone calls. What you think? Now, Curtis Lee was in the other room going, Oh my God, don't sing! Don't sing! You can't sing! Folks, I know I can't sing. That's why I sing. You got a gift, man. You got a gift. <laughs> I don't, it ain't Wiener. singing, but you got a gift. <laughs> Anthony Weiner, Dominic Carter here with you in for Sid Rosenberg on this July 3rd, 2023. We hope that you're going to have a wonderful day. It is so hot out there, Anthony. It, you know, when I left it for, I can't believe, I still can't believe that you rode a city bike here. I know, but it was early. It was early in the morning. The sun hadn't come up yet. That is the weakness of taking the bike anywhere, is that this time of year, you're a soaking mess by the time you get to the office. And so, we, you, you know, you, you didn't lit up all these telephone calls here. Folks want to get through. We're going to go to the calls. But so, and I still want to get to your boy, Mayor Adams, and the 84-year-old woman. We, we talked about that just he a should little just say, bit. He should just say sorry. He should just say sorry, he right? Just say, Move on. Look, can I tell you, you go to a town hall meeting, you got to expect people to call your names, wave fingers in your face and everything else. But I guess, look, there is a sensitivity around him being an African-American mayor in this one, I guess. Look, can I tell you, it was, you, and I, you have been around a long time in the media world. We've seen a lot more saltier exchanges than yes. that. I've seen people walk by literally with the middle finger. Yeah, I mean, totally. I mean, people call you names. And, and you know, used to get it. You, I mean, listen, you you think, I, and since I, you know, I, you know, I ran for mayor when I had a big sex scandal going on. Believe me, I've heard a lot. But if you go to a town hall meeting, one of the reasons, one of the things that people look for is you being cool in the face of fire. And I think that he felt that. But it's not so bad. And maybe you disagree with this. It's kind of like they say it's not the crime, it's the cover-up. It's not losing your temper is not necessarily the problem. People lose their temper. And and when you're the mayor, you don't check your temper at the door. But it's not saying sorry when you have a day to think about it. 
You dial it back a little bit. He had a chance to say he was sorry. He didn't. I invited him on the show today. He was too busy to do it. I would have suggested saying sorry is not a vice when you're a politician. People appreciate it. Right. But but Mayor Adams at this point. It's not is, his strength. He's, right. He's, <laughs> he's digging in his heels. And if he feels that he's attacked racially, he's going to come at you. But all, all mayors have moments and the press is on the high alert for them. Rudy had these two. All mayors have these times when they lose their temper, they get a little prickly. And that's to be expected. The cameras are always on you. You're going to have those weaknesses. And we have, you know, I'm in a program recovery that is all about the idea of when, you know, you've always taking an inventory and when you're wrong, promptly admit it. That's that's something we can all live by. Let's go back to the telephone calls. Denise has been holding for a while. Denise, are you still with us? Yes, I am enjoying listening to you both. Well, and great. Thank I have you. To say I'm a big Dominic Carter fan, and I don't often get a chance to listen to you because you're on very late. But um, I just want to say, um, Anthony, <laughs> the big difference to me in crime between the 80s when the crack epidemic was going on and now is that there is increasing there's an increasing lack of civility. And what I noticed is that after the riots of Black Lives Matter, where you had powerful people either supporting the violent behavior or completely ignoring it, there was a change. And when you talk about stop and frisk and how it was wrong, yes, perhaps they did not... um, carry it out properly. But I do believe that resulted in a decrease in crime. It takes a while for the word to get out in the streets that you will no longer be prosecuted if you commit crimes such as shoplifting. It takes a little while for that to trickle down. But eventually, once the message is sent that it's okay to commit crime, and if you're a Black person, You can do this. You're justified in doing this because you have been wronged in the past and you're off to the races. Yeah, but I I, got to tell you, Denise, thank you for the the call and the kind words. I I agree with you on a couple of elements here. One, I do think that 99.9 percent of the protests going on around the events of protesting George Floyd were peaceful. But I do think the people on my side of the aisle and my should have stood up loudly when that one percent were looting and were and were being violent. I think that's exactly right. I think that civility dictates protesting is American. Vandalism is something that should be punished. I I got a question for you. And and Denise is still with us. I got a question for you, Mr. Weiner. And I I appreciate what she just articulated. No one likes no one uh, approves of what happened to Mr. Floyd. No one. Right. But, Anthony, I really want you to explain this to me. Why was he held up as a martyr, as a hero? Because he was murdered by police. Okay, but what, wait, about, wait, his, I, okay, but what about his life prior to yeah, the day but, before? But, you know, we, we, the, 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 whatever his life was prior did not change the fact that we all got to see a man murdered by someone who was acting on our behalf as, as someone who we gave a badge to, we gave a gun to, we gave them authority, and we trained them. And they murdered that man. So the the issue isn't the the issue is is should have he had the death penalty because of whatever life he lived. And the answer is if that's the case, it's by the court of his of his peers. We have a constitution in this country, so that's why people responded the way they did. Overwhelmingly, they responded the way to the way they did. Now, 
Just the same way after the riots of the 1960s broke out all around this country, we saw a rise in crime because law enforcement stepped back. These are complicated things. But one thing I want to point out that, 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 I mean, Denise makes a good point about civility. But remember, people are stealing small amounts and going out and selling them, by and large, because we have a drug crisis here where you can buy small amounts of fake, of, of fentanyl laced Drugs for small amounts of money, just the same thing that spiked the, no, the, the crimes. They, they're in, buying in, in smaller amounts because they know that there's no criminal liability. No, no, no. When people deal with addiction, and I lost my brother to addiction, I suffer from I'm addiction. I'm sorry to hear that. No, but I, that's not the, the, the point. Is when people suffer from addiction, and you know, and they're and they're stealing to support it, it spikes all kinds of other crimes. And when you see zombies out on the street, those people are hyped up on fentanyl. When you see people dying on the street, those people are dying on fentanyl. All of these things. By and large, people are not making a calculation, oh, I'm not going to get – now, they know they're not going to get punished. I'm not saying that that's, that's not the case. I'm saying that when people are, are selling shampoo out on the street, it's probably to support a drug habit. The same thing that spiked crime in the 1980s around the crack epidemic. I, I hear you. Denise, we thank you for the call. We have a lot of calls, so I do have to move on. I, I still, Mr. Weiner, I know you, you've got to toss to something. I still – what happened to George Floyd was horrible. It, to me, it's almost equally reprehensible that he was held up as a martyr, well, particularly to a community that should not be looking at I, this I, man I, like he was a martyr because he wasn't. He was a criminal. I don't think people say George Floyd was a, was a hero. I think what happened to George Floyd was endemic of a larger thing in our society. We watched a man get murdered basically on live TV, and whether the guy was, was, a, 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 was someone who had a spotty background doesn't change that fact. The w, it's the time for the WABC clip of the day. Listen to John Katz and Matides on the Katz Roundtable, where common sense prevails. Congressman King, uh, what keeps you up at night these days? Our country is changing and not for the better. Listen, I realize times are always going to change. The country is never going to be the same it was when we were growing up or our fathers or our grandfathers. But despite the changes over the years, it's always kept its basic fabric or its basic beliefs. I just think now we're going off the deep end. Uh, everyone becomes a victim. Everyone becomes entitled to something. And uh, I, for instance, I fully support the Supreme Court decision, even though there's such a backlash against it, uh, as far as colleges admissions. Race should not be the factor. And that's Congressman Peter King. I was supposed to tell you that going into that. Always telling both sides of the story every Sunday morning, starting at 8 o'clock. That's John Katzenmatidis, the Cats Roundtable. Listen anytime on the 77 WABC app. And we are now going to take a break. We see all of your calls that are coming in. Oh, there we go with the music again. Dominic Carter here with Anthony Weiner. Sid Rosenberg has the day off. Sid and friends. Tomorrow in this very chair will be the great owner-operator of WABC, John Katzenmatidis with and, Anthony Weiner. And, and, and Wednesday Curtis morning, Lee Wednesday morning, I'm going to be in for Frank uh, Frank Morano overnight. That's get right. all wow. the Anthony Weiner you want so anyone doesn't get up. Uh, we, we don't get a chance to put on the air. You can always call in over the overnight and uh, give it your best wiener jokes. So let me see your wiener dance as we toss to the I'm break. Not, Let's see. I learned my lesson. Anthony, one, Diego, two. One, Diego, two, get one, us out two. Of here. Get us one, out of here. One, two. We'll be right back, folks. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. <laughs> All right, some kiss. There you go. We are back. Anthony Weiner, Dominic Carter, and Sid was supposed to be on today. Sid Rosenberg with Dr. Arthur Torvets. Uh, but he will be on with Dr. Torvets on Wednesday morning. And for more information on New Jersey diet, 
Go to NewJerseyDiet.com. And listen up to ABC listeners. AARP of New York is sending you to the Staten Island Ferry Hawks. That's right. Get ready to enjoy an unforgettable day at the ballpark because we have a pair of tickets to give away for the July 23rd Staten Island Ferry Hawks owned by our very own John Katsimatidis. That game will take, they'll take on the Lexington Counterclocks. That cannot be a real name. I, they are just trying to see if I can read, if I'll read any copy they put in front of me. <laughs> if you're the seventh caller right now, 800-848-9222, a pair of tickets will be yours. That's 800-848-WABC. Be the seventh caller, and you'll get a pair of tickets for that game. Learn how you can volunteer with AARP of New York. Visit aarp.org slash volunteer with AARP New York. And good luck to all of you. We'll be choosing one of those, the seventh caller. And this is KISS playing your Detroit Rock City. All right. Gene Simmons, Ace Freely, Peter Chris, and Paul Stanley. So you're a man of your music. You like no, KISS, this, you like reggae. But this is embarrassing. You see, this is, I'll tell you, so I'm into KISS. Right. And my brother Jason, who's three years younger than I, he's listened to the Beatles. He's so much cooler than I am. Mm. Um, I actually once dressed as Gene Simmons and went to Junior High School 51 to, in, to impress a girl. What was her name? I want to say it was Damaris Cruz. That might mm. be the name. Mm. That's that's the kind of that's the kind of. Can I wear my hair really long? Ah, okay. Talk okay. about Jufro. I had to wear a headband to hold it down. If Fran Wiener's listening right now, I wonder why she let me go out of the house dressed like that. But uh, it also explains why there are no pictures in the Wiener household <laughs> of me during that period. <laughs> Let's go back to the telephone calls. Eight hundred eight four eight WABC. Eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Sid Rosenberg has a day off. Dominic Carter here with you. Anthony Weiner, and let's go to uh, Rainy. I believe on Long Island. Good morning to you, Rainy. What's on your mind, Rainy? Are you with us, Rainy? Are you there? Okay, Rainy's not there. Let's go to Max in the Bronx. Good morning, Max. What's on your mind? Hey, Dominique. I grew up on 143rd and Third Avenue in Patterson Projects. Three brothers and me. We've we've all been stopped a half dozen times each. We never complained. The police were courteous, respectful, never had a problem. Well, don't, don't, hey, 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 Max, hey, don't, don't tell me. Tell, 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 uh, tell Mr. Weiner. No, let me, let, let, let me hear the rest of your story, Max. I want to, uh, hey, Mr. Weiner, I picked you up on my M15 bus twice. I, I saw you in the morning. My wife is a nurse in Beth, Israel, 18 years. My daughter goes to the high school on 15th Street. So I picked them up every day. You say crime is down or whatever you say, you're delusional. I see it every day. I see the Target. I see the CVS. I see the lot store. I, I see Burlington and, and, and Nordstrom's. I see these guys walking out with big bags of whatever they're stealing. How could you say that? And another thing is you guys, you liberals, have turned that neighborhood into a cesspool. You're okay with it. The bums can't go into into Peter Peter Cooper Village and and do all their garbage because the security runs them out. So if you're okay with them, why aren't they allowed inside of Stuyvesant? Well, County hold on Cooper a second. Village? Hold on, Max. Turn that neighborhood into. Do, are you forgetting what Tompkins Square Park used to be when Rudy Giuliani came? It was literally occupied territory. Now, it's not amazing right now. When I walk through with Jordan, there are, there are parts of that park that are shooting galleries and, and the pot stores everywhere. I have real problems with it. And the shoplifting, you're not going to get any disagreement from me. I'm not comparing it to Nirvana. I'm comparing it to the 80s when you literally had occupied parks. You had buildings that were occupied by squatters. 
We don't have that. We have our challenges. And if I were mayor, I'm not saying I'm running, if I were mayor, I would have I would have done differently than Mayor Adams. I would have gone to the city council and said, I want to hire 500 new cops, 500 different correction officers, and 1,000 more people to go patrol the streets for, uh, for mental health issues. I would do things differently. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is I grew up, Max, you, know, you sound like you're, you, you, you've been around town a little while. I'm saying in the 80s where you would walk out, walk down your street, and every car would have its windshield busted out for people looking for loose change in there. It's just a different – it's less than it used to be. I can tell you something. These guys shoot up right in front of the IHOP. They shoot up right in front of the IHOP. Yeah, you, no, no, no. Shoot up in front of the IHOP. Matt, I get it. We have, have a we, we have a terrible drug problem. We have a crime problem in the city. And I and 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 I I'm not I'm not look. I am not saying it's not a problem. I don't understand why we can't hold both thoughts at the same time, Dominic. Why you know why you know why we can't say things are better, but also things are You know why? Because with much love, Anthony, it, it, it to say that that that. Crime is not a serious issue. Is I, is that's is, not what I is, said. No, that's not. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Uh, you're out there more than I am in the city of New York, but I I, I don't see how you can reach that conclusion. Uh, but I mean, but I, you you can't paraphrase it wrong. I'm not saying crime is not a problem. I'm saying that it is. All I'm doing is making comparison as a 59 year old man, as someone who has lived I'm in the city you, in a while, it's who's as lived bad today. Had, than as no it has way. ever been. No, than by the way, been. do you, you want to know who would disagree with that? Rudy Giuliani would disagree with that. Well, I, we wish, re- I wish the mayor was here right I, now, no, but you, and I wish he was the mayor of this city right now, because if he was, we wouldn't have these problems. But if you, Because Rudy would put these animals in check. Well, hold on a quick second. Hold on a quick second. Let's remember something. It was actually... David Dinkins and that Peter Valone and, all of, and that, all of us, the taxpayer right. that made this the largest paramilitary force in the United States. Right. You know, we talk about the, the, the Wagner group marching through the, through the streets of Russia. You know, we have more cops than Wagner has soldiers. We are, we have and a, we need more. I just said, what did I just get done saying? Okay. If I would do that, I would hire okay. more cops, more correction officers, and more people to patrol and, the streets. And take the handcuffs off of them. Take the handcuffs off of them. I would defy Do more you. stop and frisk. Bring back the undercover units and let them do what they do. I guarantee you within six months, crime would, would go down I, to record levels again. I can bring crime down to zero if I want to. I can put someone on every single street corner, and I can, I can search people as they go. We can put metal detectors at every corner. We don't live in that kind of a society. We balance. Okay, okay. We balance. Okay, you're right. We don't live in that type of society. So, so society. So how about this? Just get rid of the homeless people and the mentally ill on the subway. How about that? Let's don't, just don't throw your hands what up. What do you mean get rid of the homeless people? Get rid people? of them. What do you get mean rid get of rid them. of them? It's very simple what I just said. Get rid of them. What do you mean get rid of these human Round beings? them you... up and get rid of them. What do you mean? Wait, I, wait. I didn't stutter. You're, you're gesturing to the outside. Where are you, right. you going to put I'm them? Say, these are, they, hey, put, I don't care where you put them. Put, put them, put them in, the, in the hospitals. Put them on Rikers. Get you, rid you, of them. You, okay, we, we don't. The way that we get rid of people is by arresting them. Do you want to arrest them? If, if, that, if, that's, if that's what needs to be done, okay. then arrest them. In that case, pass a law saying you're not allowed to be homeless. No. That's, that's you, what we do in know. America. We don't just round oh. them up. Make it, make it against the law. Oh. Make it against the law to be a homeless person on the street. And I mean, now they're, they're by the way, why do you think that these that these guys. Um, hey, man, you, what do you think? I, cops I'm going to tell you what right I now? tell Curtis Sliwa. I'm going to tell you what I tell Curtis Sliwa. I love you, man. I, I'm going to tell you what I tell Curtis. Don't look at me like that. I'm telling you, I love you, man. You, you, I you love came you in too, here. brother. I you love came you. came in here. Ebony you, you and did. Ivory. Yeah, but but your politics as a progressive, 
Oh, it's not. It's not a progressive thing. I'm conservative when it comes to this stuff. I don't believe this is conservative. I don't believe the state should have the right to round up citizens off the streets. No, that's that's conservative. I believe it's small government. Oh wait, wait, wait. So Penn Station, for example, and again, you know these issues better than nine and a half out of ten people. You're telling me, Mr. Weiner, the homeless should have the right to walk around harassing people, disrupting people? No, harassing's against the law. You can be arrested for that. Okay, but if you talk to the police at the Port Authority, Curtis will tell you this. The cops will tell you. If you ask the cops to enforce the law at Port Authority. Wait a minute. Harassment. Most most homeless people are not harassing anybody. Okay. when, when When you walk up to somebody demanding money, when somebody's in the bathroom at a urinal and you're homeless and you walk up. Right behind them. They, you don't know if they're going to shake you. Their rights end where yours begin. You have a right to be safe. You have a right to be comfortable. You, But you don't have a right to round up another citizen just because you don't like the way they look. Well. I mean, unless you want to pass a law. I'm, I'm a conservative. I believe in, in harnessing and pulling back a central government who thinks they can go out and arrest people. And by the way, ask people what they think about the FBI, what they think about the IRS. Americans agree with me. The government, giving they someone do, a government do. a badge and a, a, a badge and a weapon and saying you have rights to round up our citizens and infringe upon their rights. No, I believe in the Constitution. And so I just want to make sure I understand you correctly here. So you feel that the homeless should be able to just walk around the streets? And- I, I believe Americans should be able to walk around the streets, yes. Whether they have a home or not, they have the right to walk the streets. Wow. Wait a minute, we, wow. You agree, You we, believe that too. We, you don't no, no that I so, don't. So, no, what, I don't. so what are no, we going to start having people arresting people because they, 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 they're, 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 they're shoveled? See, you're, you're taking it to an extreme. Well, what, you're what? the one that said round them up. Okay, and, no, no, and, and I you mean gestured it. like this out the window. <laughs> and I mean it. And I mean it. Well, tell because, me how that looks. Because, because Anthony, why should we have to tolerate this? What do you mean we have to tolerate another human being walking the street? Yes, unfortunately, you do. Life doesn't oh. guarantee you that, that you get to have sanitized streets. Okay, so wait. So wait. So I, I should have to get on a subway car. Where somebody at the other end may be defecating. No, that's against the law. No, you uh, definitely do not. It happens every day. Uh, I, th- that's, that person is violating the law, and we should pr- prosecute them accordingly. That's not what you're saying. You're saying round up mentally ill people. The mentally ill people are victims of crime far more than they're committing crimes against anyone else. You don't like it because it doesn't look great. Yes, there's a lot of societies in the world that, frankly, don't have constitutions that do take people off the streets because they, they're chewing gum or take people off the streets because they don't look a certain way. We don't live in that country. We live in a country where we're protected from that. And what is the balance that we strike? Sometimes there's someone walking down the street mumbling to themselves. I talk to Jordan about this all the time. You know, and by the way... That's that. Unfortunately, is what life in the big city is like. Sometimes it's uncomfortable, it's awkward. But your rights—you have a right to be safe. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you this: we have tried it the progressive way. The progressive way doesn't work. It does not work, Mr. Weiner. You can look out the window all you want to. We live in the greatest country on earth. You can look out the window all you want to. The bottom line is we've got to take a break. And when we're done with the show in ten minutes, you've got to get on your city bike and make it back home safely. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. And we are wrapping up the morning show. Sid Rosenberg has the day off. Dominic Carter here with Anthony Weiner. And we are, you know, here are you and me, a couple of knuckleheads arguing about crime. But I don't know if this is the same Joe Esposito. But on the phone, there used to be a chief of department, Joe Esposito, who gave so much of his life to serving our city. Is that the Joe Esposito's on the line? All right. Joe, yep. great, great to have you along, pal. So, where do you come down on all this? You, you know, you know it better than both of us. 
Well, I want to talk about uh, the stop question and frisk. And if Donna, if, if Donna remembers, we talked when I was testifying in front of Shira Schindler. Remember that, Donna? I, I do remember. I, remember. I do. Yeah, and I think, and I think I turned your your opinions a little bit on. I think we had a very very good talk. I think. But here's what here's the point I think you're missing. Stop question and frisk. The thing you always ask, what we always ask is, oh, they all nobody got arrested. You arrested a thousand people and only two people got arrested. Well, guess what? How many crimes do you do you prevent by by stopping that person who you know is a bad guy and saying, hey, what are you doing today? I see Johnny Jones walking down the street. I'm anti-crime. I'm a I'm a patrol officer. I know the guy. I know he's a he's a bad guy. I see him walking down the street. He's got a maybe he's got a screwdriver in his pocket. Maybe his head is spinning around. He's looking. Maybe he's car doors. I don't have enough to arrest him, but I have enough to stop him. Now I say, hey Johnny Jones, what are you up to today? Uh, I'm okay. I'm not doing nothing. Everything's fine. That guy does not commit that crime because he knows the police are watching him. So but, you cannot measure how much. Yeah, you but can chief, but chief, many- what about the hundreds of thousands? Not a few. Hundreds of thousands, and this came out in the in the trial. Hundreds of thousands of two fifties that are getting filled out. We stopped this guy, and we didn't find any pot. We didn't find a screwdriver. We didn't find anything. That means that that law enforcement officer who stopped because he had an articulable suspicion that a crime was either being committed or was about to be committed, he was wrong. That's 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 bad. How, no, how, 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 no, how do you no, defend you're it? You're wrong. You are wrong. You are wrong. We don't know what that fellow was going to do. Maybe that fellow was in process of committing a burglary, a car theft, a robbery. Maybe the actions of that officer coming attention to that person brings that that person from stopping to commit that crime. But in that case, Joe, but that's the argument. But here, here, but let, let let me just ask you, that argument can be used for stopping every single American all the time. Of course, yeah, eventually you'll get zero crime. You're 100% right. You're 100% right. It can be. But we're counting on the police to use their knowledge. We want the anti-crime fellows who know who the bad guys are. We want the patrol uh, precinct officers who know the bad guys in their sector. We want them to zero in. You know what? Go back and check all these stop and frisk reports. And I'll bet you that 99% of the people stopped by our good officers in the NYPD, I'll bet you 99% of them have some type of criminal record. This is, this is exactly what you're... I wanted, I wanted to say... I, I listen. I really appreciate you calling, especially on, on this, this holiday Chief. weekend. Yes. And I want to thank you for the 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 service that you put into this city and driving down the crime. The men and women that work beneath you. I just want to say thank you for all, for all the service you've Amen. done to our city. Amen. And so, uh, yeah, well, Anthony, thank you. thank you, sir. So, Anthony, we we have uh, a minute left here. Parting thoughts of the morning. I want to tell you something. It has been, I really thank you. You know, for me, as I said this a couple of times this morning, for me, this is like a double A guy being called up to play in the majors. You're an absolute pro. Diego helped us get through. You know, it. I really appreciate the opportunity to, to fill in a little bit. Hopefully, a few of Sid's listeners are still left by the time I'm done with the microphone. <laughs> but I want to thank you. This has been, you know, we kid about being ebony and ivory. You and I really could go way back, and I I love listening to you at night. Okay, but wait, wait. What, what's another name for us besides ebony? And I don't like ebony. You don't like that? Um, That's as bad as your how seatless about, how water about this? How go about ahead. this? Go ahead. Kid and play. Kid and play. Which one are you? <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't know. <laughs> you're, 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 you're four months older than me. <laughs> 
hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L. On Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024.